0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Corruptional Podcast here on the 24th of January,
1: 2017. Yeah. Hello, everyone.
0: Very exciting time. Hello. Of course.
1: (laughs) Happy Lunar New Year to all, and to all a merry year of the cocks.
0: It's not the Lunar New Year yet, though, is it? Isn't that the 28th? 28? It
1: doesn't matter, we won't be
0: Podcast
2: after. Podcasts after. Guess, it's
0: too late. Something along that line. Yes, it, it, it's coming up to that. He's
2: basing it on the Overwatch event.
0: Yes, that that it, true, That true. truly any is how.
2: In Overwatch, everyone.
0: <laughs> that's how I keep track of major May events of cultural so significance. Did you yeah. see
1: May's video? Ah! Ah! The 20. voice actress posted a video, and it's her. You in her are
0: house. such a like, mark for that game. Good lord.
1: <laughs> no, I'm mark for May you could put her in anything Lame and I'd be up. like yo i'm in And there was a game like just make other series of her but not like killing people but just like solving no, 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 doing science yeah solving puzzles sciency but then apologizing for it <laughs> like sorry sorry i'd be like i'm in i'll play
2: mm-hmm. mm, yes i'm
0: All sure you Facebook will Facebook
2: level
1: games
0: <laughs> oh, dear. you just
2: want farmville but it's but with yeah, science yeah. stuff and you have yeah, to keep yeah, yeah. track of all of the beakers and like yeah
0: perfect spin tell me
2: that wouldn't be fun i mean it would i,
0: I could tell um, you that it wouldn't be fun yeah
2: no. i don't no, think no, it'd be I fun at I all know. actually i would play the shit out of As that turns yeah. out <laughs>
3: thank you
0: that just sounds <laughs> awful welcome back to the show mr Perian flax master <gasps> of dota right. player of no. xcom
3: yeah, I'm not master. not master of none. Uh, mm. I do play a lot of it, but uh, yeah, I have been playing a lot of XCOM too. Long War Two, which is out and is fantastic. I've been playing that a lot, mm. a lot, a lot, like too <laughs> yeah. much. Too yeah, much. I've <laughs> got
0: I've got a lot to say about that as well. Later in the show, we'll get into it on Long War, no doubt. It's a it's long. I don't know how many hours I've put in so far. I don't think I've barely made any headway. Actually, it's just taking. Yeah, a that's while.
3: the problem I'm having. But uh, it is addictive. Yeah
0: it is there's no doubt about that the there's something about the misery and pain and risk that's. What just i mean i I
3: stream it so my viewers particularly enjoy the misery and the pain and the agony oh yes they really i i name the 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 soldiers in my squads after people in chat so they're very attached of course they're very
4: attached
3: and like when they do something amazing they're very happy and when i just get them killed they're less than happy but yeah it's uh it's a thing I, get, I do get very attached to certain soldiers and then when i lose them i just think wait we lost that's it the game is over because i can't imagine finishing a mission without this clutch person so and it seems to do that a lot
0: it, it does yeah uh the temptation to save scum is is pretty high let me put it that way
3: i heard you were safe that i what the first thing we heard.
0: I think it's fair to do that in your first playthrough of it, and then to give it a bit I of a agree. shot with some Iron Man. I mean,
3: I, especially, I'm playing it on Veteran, and I thought, yeah, I finished Dexcom 2 on Veteran, I finished, I almost finished Long War 2 on Veteran, I got to, within a single shot of winning the, the mission, and we missed two shots, and then they killed us, and that was the end, so I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to play it on Veteran, I'm a, I'm a Veteran by now, damn it, but I wish I'd started on Rookie, because holy hell, veteran is not fun it's it a little rough
0: tough. i mean i guess we should get right into it on that one then if we're since we're yeah, already we're, kind of there i mean i've been i've been wanting to talk about this damn thing for weeks so i had the preview build a couple of weeks ago and we couldn't say a damn thing about it uh which That's was right.
2: you kept like alluding to alluding it, to it yes like, oh well i guess we got to move on
0: <laughs> yeah it, it was actually really annoying i i, I try and i avoid playing a lot of those games that are under embargo uh before a podcast because i'll just want to talk about it and I won't be yeah, able to and that like torture that actually pisses me off a lot it's like yeah the game that I've been playing the most this week is one I can't say anything about that's really irritating but of course it is finally out we're referring to the long war 2 which is a mod for Xcom 2 the original long war is considered by a lot of people to be like the mod you should install for Xcom. And it's the one that's kept people playing it for a long time. It really expands the game, makes it a lot longer, makes it a lot harder, adds more technology, adds more options. Long War 2 is even more of that, but for XCOM 2, and in terms of the amount of new content, new mechanics, new stuff it puts in the game, it might as well be a full expansion. Except it's free and officially endorsed by Firaxis and made by the Long War Studio guys who have been working on official mods for the game for the last year or so and all of those are really good as well things like the leader packs now, the new they're alien
3: packs they are
0: they have been renamed yeah. to pavonis they, they've got
3: their own game coming out and i thought this was interesting because apparently their new game that they're coming out with don't shoot me pavonis if i'm wrong about this but what i heard about it was that it's going to be kind of a broader management thing about a solar system and managing resources and stuff
0: interesting. and i feel
3: like that's a huge part of long war 2 which i didn't see before in xcom 2 even with the Long War mod, it seemed to be more about you just try to get through the missions, you know you know they're going to escalate, and you sort of manage your squad, but you don't have three full squads of leveled up dudes, which is what you need for Long War 2. You like, need three, some people are saying even four, so that you can just continually do missions, because it is brutal. You run out of resources all the time, and some of the missions, holy hell, they're a little bit over the top, I'd say. Some of the ones I bumped into, there was one where you have to defend a cache or like your supplies from the aliens, and there's another one where you have to try and raid their lines. And in both those cases, I had no idea how many bad guys I was going to be up against. And it was insane. It was insane.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. it's a little bonkers, there's no doubt. It is a tricky mod to say the least for some reason our video is not working what the hell this is, i tested all this before the show now it's broken that's lovely okay <laughs> i'll f- try to figure out what the hell happened a little bit later but Should yeah
2: the you could just put like jesse and i in there and we'll just like
0: yeah you just sort of flail your arms and then fall over dead oh. about five seconds in and that would be uh, my experience of long war two i think actually
1: oh wait are you the oh wait are you the Alien or I uh, the aliens? When I'm, I'm a monster, Ugh.
0: that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, I think that you've actually informed people more of uh, about yes, long war two in five seconds than I could in five hours. We although. both
3: went to theater school, so Have I, I, I can tell. XCOM 2 ever. That's the only question I've got as a result of that. Uh, does, does, watching, does watching TV play it count? Yeah, I was
2: gonna say, I've watched TB play it quite a bit. Yeah. Does that Does that count? Yeah, sure. Yeah,
3: that's
2: good enough. Yeah, good. Then yes, I
3: totally agree.
0: Okay. They've played it by proxy. Right.
3: Huge
0: fan. They're a fan of the Schadenfreude. I don't think they're a fan of anything else. <laughs> they love the misery. Yeah. You're right, though, Puri. The um, they've very much increased the amount of uh, management aspects that are involved in it. XCOM yeah. 2 didn't have a great deal of that going on. Um, you were just sort of flying around in your stolen alien carrier as the resistance trying to liberate various areas of the map and do all that kind of stuff. And that was great for what it was. I loved it. My game of the yep. year last year. I've got no Absolutely. problem saying that.
3: 100% agree with that, yeah.
0: But this is, they, they fleshed that out a lot more. Uh, one of the key mechanics now being that in order to take on a mission, in most circumstances, not all, but in most, you have to infiltrate the site with a squad of dudes first. Yep. So you pick your squad, You you the resistance tells you about something that's going on nearby, and you've got to pick your squad, send them out, and they've got to infiltrate. They only have a certain amount of time to do it, which means that some of these missions are either very difficult or basically impossible. If they're if they say, "Oh, you've got a day to infiltrate," while well, our squad's going to take four days to infiltrate, it's like, "Well, if you send that squad, then they're barely of going to going to have got started by the time that you have to choose to start the mission or abort." And often well, in that,
3: I think for some of those, I, I thought you could spend intel to bump it up by seventy five percent. So if you're on twenty five percent of your existence. so I did that and I was like. Why is it still at 17%? It's 75% of however much in infiltration you've already got. So if you spend that intel, yeah. bear in mind, it's not 75% base infiltration, 75% of whatever miserable level of infiltration you've got. Yeah. So yeah, we, we bumped into a pretty shitty mission doing that, I'll tell you what. But uh, yeah. I, I think that the management of how many guys you have on supply, how many guys you have on intel, because now you've got to manage what the people in those advent sites uh sorry not the advent sites the that havens. havens are, are yes. doing so you, just you hide you go and recruit some more dudes to help us you get some supplies and there's no feedback at the moment like, because people are still figuring out what's optimal and what works and what does what does this actually lead to in the raw numbers so it is quite a bit bit sort of a black box at the moment for me anyway um and i do think that maybe a little bit more feedback about what effect is this having and uh, how many more supplies are we talking here and how much is this going to increase? And when it says advent strength six, is that, what does like that mean? really, really high? Or is that like average? I mean, Yeah, yeah
0: that's true. There's definitely like uh, some of the mechanics are deliberately obfuscated. Some of yeah, them are yeah. just not that well explained. Some of them are done so on purpose because you're supposed to discover it. For instance, you right. might want to know exactly why you're losing 90% of your supplies at the end of the month. There's a good yeah. reason for that. There's a very good reason for that. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's actually a story spoiler. Uh, but yeah, the... Google
3: it, folks. Google it, or it's yep. a restart. Google it.
0: There's a reason. There's definitely a reason. <laughs> but yes, that the whole infiltration thing is uh, is very interesting. You know, if you if you don't infiltrate enough, the chances are you want to get out of there because you're going to be going up against uh, such an overwhelming enemy force that it becomes nightmarishly hard. Uh, there are some cool ways of getting around that, like. I've heard of people on harder difficulties being able to pull off infiltrations using like a two-man Shinobi squad. And yeah, just like... That with works.
3: S- and you can dodge all the enemies and get ton a stealth.
0: Then. Yeah, it's possible. Like you can... The the stealth... Uh, it's still not like... The game's not designed around stealth. It never was. Uh, you know, stealth is a bit more of an aspect in XCOM 2 because you can... You start off in stealth for the most part and you can ambush somebody. But yeah, once yeah. you've done that, you're revealed to the map. This... I mean, that's still true, but... With these smaller squads especially with abilities that keep you in stealth after certain things happen it's possible to do stealth runs of certain missions and with smaller squads your infiltrations faster uh, and you can do all sorts of things like uh summon uh throw down a beacon to summon evac to get out of the mission if it's getting too hot
3: i do that on turn two because it takes three turns to arrive and normally by that point i'll know if shit has hit the fan or if we're going to be okay so after two turns i say let's call an evac, even though we yeah. haven't seen any bad guys yet. Problem so there, is, alone. that reveals
0: you to the map as well. It's like, oh, there's a giant flare. Oh, okay, yeah. that might be the XCOM guys. We might want to get on that. Yeah, but so. at that
3: point, we're leaving anyway. <laughs> like, normally five turns in is when I'm bailing on it, certainly in the later missions. but
0: Yeah, I'm about to assault, I think, my first... It's not even the regional HQ, it's the regional tower, which I think will lead me to the HQ, since okay. it's now possible to entirely liberate continents on the map by going through a very wow. long and difficult quest chain. I did uh, not know that. About to hit my first one, and I have a feeling it's going to be very rough. It only lets you send in five troops, so you yeah. can't overwhelm it with with numbers. So I have a, a, awesome. I sent my best guys with my best equipment, and I'm hoping they don't get all slaughtered. They're dead. They're, they're probably already dead. dead. Yeah, most they're, likely.
1: They're already, you need to understand. They're all the second. Dead. They're, yeah. they're, they're alive. It's,
0: it's very easy to overestimate the abilities of your elite guys, like especially with Long War, it, because you have no idea. Something horrible is probably going to happen. There's way more enemies than you expected and all that kind of thing. I just recently did a mission where uh, the the Advent struck back against one of our supply convoys, and we had to defend it. It was, a, it was a big, crazy mission. We sent the squad to defend it, but also all of my resistance guys from the nearby resistance camp came to help. So I was was controlling, like, 18 guys. The problem is most of the resistance guys are utter shit. They've just been given random guns that they can't aim for fucking toffee. So you end up with six trained elite troops and then 12 utter idiots. But if they die, then they can't work at the resistance camp anymore. So you don't want to get them killed. They're not just red shirts. But simultaneously, like, that guy's probably worth sacrificing in this situation. Because you're just Meat dealing shield, with radar. Operation Meat Shield. By yep. the way, I,
3: li- I like I uh, like the random mission names that it comes up with. But I had one today. It said Operation Choking Chicken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they might Love have it.
3: wanted to recode that one. But uh, we went. We, it was a successful mission. We all had a great time. But Operation Choking Chicken was a success.
0: Yeah. You heard it here. First, first, Choking Chicken. Everybody has a great time choking it the chicken.
3: Success. It was yep. a success. And it was a
0: success. Everyone yeah. got the ending they desired. It's true, it really was not the yeah. operation. Really more wasn't. of a clean-up operation, more so than anything oh, else. But, ah, okay, going too far now. <laughs> it, it's really, it's very, very good. It requires a good amount of patience. Let's just put it that way. You can, if you thought XCOM 2 was hard, this is harder than that. And you can play on Rookie, of course, and that will make it easier, but don't expect an easy time, whichever difficulty you go on. Yeah. But if you thought the management aspects and the overall campaign was a bit lacking in XCOM 2... Then you'll probably like Long War. I like it just because there's more technology. I love tiers yep. of technology in games. This now has five tiers of weapons instead of three. So that's fancy. And you
3: can get mechs, remember. You sometimes can. you can do a mission that gets you a mech that sits at one of your sites. Yep. And Robbie the robot will help to defend uh, the dudes. And uh, having a robot is great. I like having a robot. So yeah, I was happy My mech
0: finally went down under just a weight of fire. He sacrificed yeah. himself for the glory of the camp.
3: Brave Robbie the robot.
0: He, they they yeah. even painted on him. They painted like resistance symbols on him and yeah, graffiti, yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's the, cool. It's, I say, it's like an expansion. It has so much content, it might as well have been. They could have charged for this, and I think that that would have been fine. I, would have, I yeah, would have paid
3: a tenner for it. I absolutely would have paid a I would
0: have paid for it. it. It's it's that good. It, it, yeah. If you if you haven't played XCOM in a while, it's a good reason to reinstall it and do a playthrough with Long War. The only thing I will say about it, outside of you know, there's probably some balance issues and I, who've run into situations where the timer for missions has been so ridiculously tight that I you, changed
3: that in the ini files. Yes, I you you can six turns. Yeah, you can tweak it yourself. Yeah, because it was ridiculous. It was like, hey, you've got six turns left now that you've met the baddies, and you have to get through four pods and rescue these dudes and oh yeah the the evac point is like way over there so good luck
0: it can be it I'm can be silly i, I don't stupid. i don't think i've ever run into a mission that i thought was impossible because of that but there's definitely been ones that's like god damn this is going to be tight and yeah, yeah. if we if we get tied down with a squad before absolutely necessary we're probably not yep. going to make it there i've pulled some ridiculous shit to make it out at times. Yeah. Like,
3: I feel like you shouldn't be doing that on mission five. That's all I'm Probably saying.
0: not. Yeah. That, that's a little excessive. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely ways. I, I, I know Um, apparently, and I haven't got really this training yet, but if you get, there's a lot of really powerful officer abilities you can get a little yes. bit later that extend things like timers and stuff that are really important to get. Also, uh, so, I should say,
3: for anyone who's found that the maps are too big for the turn timer, you can either adjust the time or have a look at the mods you've got installed because some of the mods include packs of extra big maps. Yes. And World War II is not set up for extra big maps and doesn't adjust the timer according to the map yeah. size. So sometimes you'll get a map size where you think, what the flip of my mind This is impossible. Here? Like if, even ridiculous.
0: if we were sprinting for 12 turns, we're never going to get there. And that's Along that's assuming like, we'd have to what? stop and shoot. We should be able to yeah. cover
3: this in no time. It's like, yeah, if I just run full length every time like we're footballers and just ignore the mission. All the aliens are going, "Come back." We're just like, "We're going to get to the fucking event." We're just running. That was like the first five or six missions before I restarted nah. and then I it. "Yeah." T-
0: anyway. there's there's been great some game. great moments up to this <laughs> point and some terrible moments like uh what we're about I accidentally blew up my own evacuation point. That was I fun. Blew up
3: a, I blew up a VIP with a rocket. It happens. It yeah. happens. It's long war stuff. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I I've pulled off some nonsense. So most of my squad got murdered on a mission, but I was determined to get my objective out, and I kept failing because like the chances of it happening were. So I was kind of reloading. We eventually figured out a way to do it, whereby we sacrificed the person who had grabbed the data to get the data closer to the evacuation point. So the guy, it was like, there was one turn left. The guy gets pulled in by a, uh, by a, a Viper, the big snake-like alien. He's got yep. the data. That pulls him right onto the evacuation point, And we pull off some shit that lets us in one turn kill the Viper, save him, and get out with the data. And it was just like, there was no other way to do it. It was like solving a puzzle. Yeah, you
1: gotta- yeah. Do You have a video of that, or would you like Dodger and I to reenact
4: that moment?
0: Uh, I th- <laughs> there, there, there is, there is video footage of it that I d- I've been streaming quite a lot. But it probably looks something like that. I'm yes. A
4: aliens.
0: I imagine it did. Uh, the, <laughs> it's a crazy ship. It, XCOM always had that, uh, those, those like war story moments. I think Long war got please even more of them. Please don't
3: mock XCOM in our presence,
0: mock it. Big fans.
3: mock it. Don't I mock is XCOM,
0: X-Com is highly I'm silly, and I'm okay with that. <laughs>
3: i'm gonna kill
0: you yes shocking shocking that's a simulation of it (laughs) it it is very good stupid
3: oh (laughs) one thing i did have one bug i did have is we started a mission and we spawned in fire and two of myself lovely fire A grenade alien shot a grenade that was also an incendiary grenade and set fire to two more of my guys. So they're just <laughs> running around saying, I'm burning. But all the guys he set fire to were Germans. So they're running around screaming about being on fire in German. Very <laughs> I just reloaded. I didn't know what to do. Yeah.
0: That's not a bug. That's a feature. That's, that's <laughs> XCOM, baby.
3: That's like, how it's supposed to ridiculous.
0: be. Uh, yeah, it, it is a little silly. I, you know, the the I think the one major problem I do have with it is uh, how badly it runs. Like, I mean, XCOM Two never ran all that well to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Now it's even worse because there's just more shit on the screen. Uh, I think that if it's some raining.
3: God help you if it's God. raining. That's the worst. Yeah, Someone it's... needs
0: to go and do a pass on some of the effects in that game because I've noticed, like for instance, suppressing fire cuts the frame rate in half. Like
3: yeah, they could Especially really with just laser weapons. Oh it's god,
0: yeah, because there's more particle effects and shit. They could go back in and like optimize that. Okay. Uh, th- I really think they could do with doing something like that because it's getting a little bit silly. Like it runs like crap. Thankfully, it's a turn-based game. It doesn't affect it too much, but you're like really, this shouldn't be happening. This is this is quite silly. So hopefully they can fix that. Uh, you can run it with the DLC. I'd say it's a bit it's a bit odd that. I mean, the DLC for XCOM 2 is okay. It's not amazing. The and Long War 2 could have been the real DLC because that's what's got enough content to justify it, kind of being paid DLC. Yeah. Whereas the paid DLC probably should have been either cheaper or free. So it's a bit of a weird like switcheroo, I guess. I Long War think, 2 kind of I makes up for that. I think it's an
3: interesting lesson in how important having mods for your game and having mm. good access and good support for mods is. Yeah. If you're a game maker out there and you're looking and you're thinking. Nah, we don't really want mods in our game. It's going to change it. What is wrong with you? Mm-mm. Like, just just as a as an absolute poster boy for mods, XCOM 2 is right up there. there are, Absolutely. I mean, RimWorld Rim is another one. Yep. There's a ton of games out there where it's just like, you know what? We're going to let people be
0: creative here. I mean, fucking Minecraft, it's, it's for God's amazing. sake. You know, Exa- yeah, part of Minecraft. exactly Minecraft's right success is based on its mod support. Yep. And of course, you know, mods have created some of the most popular games of all time. Counter-Strike and Dota were both were mods initially. Yeah not having mod support for you it's just it's kicking it's kicking yourself in the teeth and i think that there's a couple of like people have made arguments in favor of not having mods you know one of the reasons would be obviously it costs money to make a game moddable okay i get that especially provide official development tools okay i understand but in long long term i think it makes you more money because you keep selling the game over a longer period of time and you know skyrim
3: I mean, there's an example Skyrim, of games yeah. that sells be- mainly because of mods, I think. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of games. If you can have another game mode for free, you just have to have the base game. Oh, this mod's popular. That mod's popular. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, Skyrim's still selling years and years after it came out because of mods. You know, yeah. there's still, t- there's currently 25,000 people currently right now playing Skyrim and another 14,000 playing the Skyrim Special Edition, for God's sake. Uh, XCOM 2 just doubled its concurrent co- uh, player base based on the last month. Like, there's 15,000 there people playing it right now. Before Long War came out, there was actually like 3,500 in December. So that's a that's a huge leap. Mod support they, helps sell some. your game. I know they're in
3: the Humble Bundle this yes. month, but I know they've also sold... Uh, more copies cuz whenever i'm streaming and people say i'm picking this up i mean it's like the, it just revitalizes it cuz you've got that long tail on most games but it is a tail like it's sloping down and down and down every time the big mod comes out especially one that uh, i know the developers definitely support long war 2 and they i'm sure they helped them out it, it's a huge spike in sales for your game i think if you can do it if you can do it it behooves you to do it well this is why i still send people back to
1: civ 4 uh the mods for civ 4 are some of the best i've ever Fall from like, Heaven
0: 2, so good. Two is mm. one of the
1: greatest mods that ever existed. Like, yep, there is some really great stuff, and it doesn't matter how old the game is because the mods give it life. They bring people back to it, and that's you guys are absolutely right. It's if you can, if you have the ability to, you should have a mod system in your game.
0: <laughs> you absolutely should. Yeah, it it provides the long tail of sales, and like I think that some companies are coming to realize that like first month sales are not really that important anymore. If you can keep selling your game for like five years, because, hey, you can just download it digitally now. It's not like it's going to go off the shelves. It never will. Right, right. Right. Aim for selling over like five years now. Don't aim for selling over five months or five weeks. And mod support's going to help you continue to sell copies of your game and keep it vibrant. And you know what? As a result of that, you can sell more DLC. Great example, perfect example. Jesse will love this example because we just went back to playing a ton of this game as a result, Sins of a Solar Empire.
4: <laughs> I'm still playing it.
0: you still play it. Sins of a Solar Empire has great really? mod support. Yeah, what? it's got great mod oh. support. We were playing, we've been playing Thrones Revenge 2. Uh, Star Wars Ascendancy, basically. Oh, Star Wars
1: basically. mod, that's so good. To back to
0: that game. It's yep. so good. Yeah, Star Trek mod, Star Trek Armada 3, fucking amazing. There's a ton of great mods for that game. And they just released, bear in mind this game has been out for probably, what, six, seven years now, new DLC after that long. And the only reason they could do that is because mods are keeping people playing the game. So when they add new official features via DLC, those mods incorporate them. So Mm -hmm. people want to buy the new stuff. So they're making more money even six or seven years down the line. It's it's a great business strategy. Do it. Mod support. Good to have.
3: Yeah. Do any Blizzard games have mod support? I don't think they yes. do.
0: do yes, uh, StarCraft one? Two Starcraft has very mods. extensive. I was
2: say, there's tons of StarCraft mods. Yeah. What they're are the re- mods for
0: StarCraft? Um, the, there's the major ones, are uh, mostly stuff like Nexus Wars, kind of like they're they're not so, they're kind of tug of war modes, which is okay. something that mobile games are starting to copy. Um, but at this point, they're. They're very, they're, those are kind of popular where you just, you build a building and it automatically just spawns units and it's a big, like, three-on-three oh, right, three right. tug-of-wall. But they're like, they're like in, custom arms,
3: maps, aren't they? Rather than, like, like, it's not taking the base game and changing it in a big way. It's like a they're custom You that, can huh? totally
0: do that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really?
0: Yeah, you, I mean, the, the StarCraft II editor is probably one of the most powerful mod tools ever made. Like, the wow. amount of stuff you could, you can build completely new games in it. People have built first-person shooters in that game. There's an entire wow. MMO. Called some, StarCraft some say, Universe. Some
1: say Blizzard Heroes was built in that so.
0: It's because it literally <laughs> was. It, it, well, the story of Heroes of the Storm is that it was originally a mod for StarCraft 2 called Blizzard Dota. Yeah, and yeah. it was originally supposed to be released as that. Um there's uh if you play Starjeweled, that it was announced along with Starjeweled, which is the Starcraft version of Bejeweled where cool, you, yeah. you do matching stuff and that gives you resources to spawn oh, units.
2: I remember Star- right?
0: Right. It's Well, it's still active, it's still very fun to play. They're all, um, they're all there's achievements
2: a, in the game too. So Yeah, there's
0: a co-op mod called like uh, Night of the Living Dead or whatever, um, which was officially done. Uh, I can't What's remember the, the exact name version? of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but you have to like defend a base and they keep sending wave after wave. Yeah. yeah,
0: and of course a lot of that is what then became the full-on co-op mode, which is extremely popular in StarCraft 2 right now. Uh, so it does, the problem is the edit is very complicated. And I know this because I've actually tried with other people to build a mod before. Uh, and it is, it's a very complex editor. It's got a lot of power, but it's its hard to use. And like, they, they may have like dropped the ball because years ago, they were going to make a paid mod store for like premium games within their game to sell oh, for like $1 gosh, or $2 yeah. each. Sounds
3: familiar. I know Valve tried to do the same thing.
0: With yeah, the this was a lot better game. though. This was like fully yeah, right. curated. Basically, the whole point was that, they'd only sell mods that they had fully tested themselves and were basically so good that they justified it and it would be like a few dollars this was announced back in 2010 but mm-hmm. it never it never materialized um probably yeah, because I was
3: also thinking there's quite a lot of modability for World of Warcraft if you consider the custom ui, UI mods that
0: yeah totally that. it's just yeah. that recent games that don't really because if you release a, a mods things under a free to play model generally don't have a lot of mod support That's not universally true, but for the most part, you don't want to allow that because, like, oh, cool, I can have custom skins. Well, that means I'm not going to buy them then. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Although that can still – I remember – I don't know if it's actually not allowed anymore under the user terms of service, but for Counter-Strike, something we'll be talking about a bit later on because of certain news about that, you you could put your own skins in, but they'd only be viewable for you. Right. And I know that – I remember skinning – Counter Strike weapons back in the day. I, Hell, yeah, I even did it myself. Day, everything yeah. about it
1: was moddable, and then it's changed. And then it changed. Then the Fire Nation attacked, and, and then <laughs> well,
0: you know, the selling skins became a big thing, and that, that's just sort of the, the way that the business model has gone. But I remember doing my own skin modding. It was really easy. I'd put like a smiley face on my AK and thought I was the greatest hacker of all time. It's uh, incredible stuff. But yeah, in, in terms of XCOM in particular, the the mods for that game are excellent. They're totally worth having. Even if you just want to get mods for uh, cosmetics, you can dress up your guys like Commander Shepard. There's a full uh, customization pack for Mass Effect, yeah. which has got or a bunch of Mass Effect items. Or from
3: Mad Max, which is what yeah, I just like guys up best. All the women oh, yeah. have the Furiosa, ta- the makeup, and uh, yeah. it's wow. terrifying. Yeah, it's
0: cool. It it's becomes like so the soldiers are so customizable in XCOM. It's become a bit like dress up. Like it's a dress yeah. up game. It's like, the who, best
3: one is that, have you noticed that depending on which random mods you have installed when you start a new game, it seems to randomize the outfits they start with. For some does. reason, all my guys start with a really tight pair of leather shorts, like yeah. ultra tight leather shorts. And yep. I'm oh. like, I'm okay with this. But at the same time, why is it always Standard leather issue. shorts? Standard issue. Are, about, Get the shorts on. There are several. <laughs> these are real tight, yep. Several right,
0: right, right, right. options for leather for leather shorts and chaps and such. Uh, as soon as they put that DLC in, it's like, great, okay, we're gonna completely redo everybody's. I need to re-release the uh, the co optional uh, pack with all of the new stuff yeah. in it. Cause my really? it's it's a bit out it's a bit out of date. We can add you, period. We can get you in there as well. Sweet. Uh, How we much to, do I get? um we need a well we need a bald guy uh because now now they've put a top hat in the game i'm not i'm no longer bald so we're gonna need to add you cover that base yes you you can fill that in that's a key role within the squad yeah yeah your head's like a walking flashbang it's perfect thank
3: you (laughs) flashbangs a lot of there's a command in my chat that people like it when when there's a flashbang in csgo that goes off my head shines like a sort of anime style, like that. Just Lovely. the reflection from the screen of the white I love it. shines yeah. off my head. It's like blinds you know, there's, alien there's, troops. The dots of white, like, like that. Awesome.
0: Mechanized infantry shuts down due to an overload in their sensory perception. It's it's perfect.
3: I don't shine it. It just comes this way. Honestly.
0: I I know exactly what you mean. I've <laughs> I've I've been a nightmare for makeup artists at tournaments for years. Like oh god, how are we going to get the shine off that? Yeah. To the point where they've just let me wear a baseball cap with my suit just because it's for easier. Those. it's just easier that way
3: it's it's normally obviously the the women have to have a bit more makeup because they have more done and they have the hair and everything and then it's like right now period i'm like next in line gonna take the longest gets the trowel out really starts getting it on there and buffing it up oh man get in there yeah there are there are,
0: there are certain people within like the starcraft tournament scene that get their makeup done in two minutes and there are some of us that take a long time and you might say you think the women take longer they do not compared to some of us <laughs> oh no they got it's like full-on facial reconstruction surgery with some of us ugly fuckers they've got to work on that shit it's like oh god all right they just they take you one look at it it's fuck like her. we're going to be here a while aren't we
3: the one difference is a lot of women can get their makeup they can do it themselves yes whereas of, we don't have a, a lot fucking of clue like, i don't trust a makeup artist to put on my makeup oh, i know no, women I do, do it themselves right i'm like i have no fucking idea I don't what Oh, you yeah, tell yeah. me it's I should artist? wear bright red lipstick and that'll look great on camera. Go nuts.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm wearing. Yeah, my <laughs> we had wardrobe as well, and I've never experienced that. Uh, it's like we had they went out and bought the shirts and the colors that they thought would suit us on an individual oh, level. Damn. And it's like, you wear this. And, like that, and they're like, do you have any objections? I, mean, I don't know anything about this. I will wear whatever no, you man. tell me to wear. It's as simple as that. You're the expert here. It's the same with makeup. you know, you got to respect the makeup artist. I just sit there and... Whatever they want to put on my face, I'm going to just let them do it.
4: That's how I am
1: with makeup, too. Clip that! Spoiler (laughs) to everyone in chat. Everyone really on the internet. All of your favorite YouTubers slash personalities, they get makeup all the time.
0: (laughs) Yep. If you're ever on camera regularly it no. is
2: super fun i don't care what anyone says
0: i'm anyone like that a up,
2: "Bitch, i look fabulous yep <laughs> yeah if you want one of the really good ones they they like trim your beard and stuff for you too oh my god no eyebrows
4: no i don't want to do think. that
0: that that <laughs> i can do myself they can do my eyebrows but the beard is the beard is mine i thought i got no to a match <laughs> i will i got a master of shaving and uh, get get them to do it <laughs>
1: the minute i record the minute i get anything right they like do you up? I'm like, all right. What can I do today that will like make this worth it? All day, it's like we're doing vlogs and we're doing shit. I'm yeah, smart. it's like, sure, like we're doing fun. all RL
0: content. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's do crazy shit. You never look better than when someone else makes you look good. Very true. Very you never true. Look as good as when someone else can make you look good.
0: Yep, they can cover up a lot of imperfections. I'll put it that way. Facts. Alright, so that, that was XCOM 2, uh, let's move on to a game I know at least three of the four of us have played a, quite a bit of now, uh, and that's Pit People. Uh, yeah
2: let's talk about pit people yeah
0: i started playing it with jesse and you've been playing it with stripping a lot of dodgy i've actually played it more than we have for the Sam time I being played
2: a ton of it yeah
0: yeah we uh you've been streaming a lot of it we may be doing a series i know the third part is coming out today jesse was that already, the
1: part? Right oh, it's already out
0: there. yeah Fuck. don't go watch it right now i want you to watch this show but afterwards yeah we may record some more pit people afterwards even just just because i find it fucking highly entertaining
2: yes, it is uh, it's like fun. a really funny game it has a lot of elements to it that are, uh, they tap into, if you're any kind of a completionist mentality or you like want all of the accessories, you're fucking done man. man.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've done missions entirely just to get one person's hat. It yeah. does, it's not like it gives you stats or anything. You just wanted the hat because it no, looked great.
2: Yeah, we literally, because um, Sam has one of the big spider ladies who are awesome on his team, and we ran into a group of people by accident. We were trying to just like maneuver around them and we were like, fuck, now we have to fight these, oh shit, but she has such cute shoes. Oh my God, we gotta capture her so we can have her shoes. (laughs) Like it just, it's so weird. But it's also very fun um, to fight other teams and see a monster type that you've never seen and be like, oh fuck, how do we find that? We want one of those.
0: So for, to give it like a quick synopsis of what Pit People is and why, like we're all kind of excited about it. Behemoth, who made Castle Crashers, who made Alien Hominid, and who made Battle Block Theater, they announced ages ago what they were just calling Game 4, which they said is going to be like a tactics game. We're like, well, why are you making a tactics game? You've made platformers and brawlers up to this point. You're making a tactics game. I don't know how this is going to work. It but, is a
2: perfectly behemoth tactics
0: very game. Very much so. What they've done is they've taken the idea <laughs> of like turn-based tactics and they've streamlined it so it's really quick to do. So it's it's kind of a it's a bit of a clusterfuck actually, a kind of glorious clusterfuck. Totally. You you spend a and in your average tactics game, you probably spend a lot of time agonizing about where you're going to move your troops. In this case, you don't spend as much time because the impact of each move is maybe less, but you're doing everything really fast, especially if you play in the co-op mode because the game has co-op, which is unusual for a turn based game, which allows you to take your team and your co-op partner to take their team and fight together and you set your moves up, and then you hit ready. And then once everyone's ready, all the moves go off at once.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's it's a clusterfuck. Like, everyone's moving everywhere, and then everyone's attacking everybody else at the same time. And they're just going at it. Like, it, it's like a, a, just a brawl. It's a brawl, as opposed to turn-based tactics. I thought maybe... wouldn't make a lot of sense for guys who are known for brawlers to do a tactics game apparently this is what they did they made tactics games into a brawl it's great it's super fun
2: Um, fun. it is
0: it really is i also
2: i was concerned because there are so many items in the game i was like fuck how are you ever supposed to know like what's going to be the best item but they've also streamlined that where it's like all items for the most part are cosmetic like there's there's just like different tiers of types of items, and any of those types of items are like
0: yeah. On know, that tier, we'll pretty much do the of same strength thing:
2: strength, a specific amount of defense, and like it doesn't matter. Just like use whatever you think is the funniest looking shit. Yeah, <laughs> move
0: so, on with your life. absolutely. There's all sorts of weird looking weapons <laughs> that you can grab. You know, I had a, I had a guy dual wielding giant pencils at one point, and they'll do the same damage as throwing axes or whatever. Which is which is kind of good. Like I think for for people that are more interested in uh, min maxing. This is not the game for them like they they've taken a lot of the min maxing basically out of so out of the genre no no i mean it, it, up to literally the fact that you can't tell someone to go and attack somebody else they will attack based on a set of rules and uh, wh- whoever they want within range so you've got a level of control over it if you put a guy let's say a guy with the throwing axe has the ability to either attack in melee or one hex away he can throw his axes which will cause a stun so if i put him one hex away from only one guy he'll attack that guy but if he's in range of more than one person he makes the decision on who to go after he'll probably hit all of them with you know it's kind of spread his damage between them particularly true with archers like archers and artillery guys they're fucking hilarious because like Yeah. yeah they're gonna shoot pretty much everybody uh Jesse I believe you you acquire in the latest episode a very amusing little creature that does exactly that
1: yeah, a unicorn that shoots his horn and then it explodes in
2: the rainbows? Sometimes. Sometimes just Giant artillery horn. There. You're like, what?! Yeah, it's like randomized when it's going to explode. It's so weird.
0: It's uh, it's bonkers, yeah.
1: All you need to know is, I have a baby Grim Reaper. That's all you need to know about this game.
2: It's a Grim Reaper with a baby. Like the little Grim Reapers. Their little faces like pop off and then they just shoot like, boo! <laughs> like, maybe, maybe like has the up. fiercest motherfucker on the
1: planet. That troll he got, it's this big hairy, like black monster that just sits. That's there my
2: favorite in my team, everything. team. And he's like, what up, haters? It's amazing. Um, I spent so long trying to find like a cool hairstyle for my troll. And every troll we came up against, like, just looked like a normal hair troll. And I was like, Man, maybe Oh, I got
0: my hair troll. Frilly maybe, Billy is amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was like, Maybe they just don't have very much hair for these trolls yet. And then Sam captured a troll with a fucking mohawk, and I was so salty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were looking for di- different uh, cake flavors for our yeah, I want cake, cake healers. I want-
1: yeah. Look, all you need to know about this game is that the healer character, at least the one that I have and the one that TB and I have right now, is a cupcake. And in order to heal, he flings pieces of himself. And eventually, he just runs out of himself and dies if you yeah. keep the battle going on too long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Sacrificial cake. There's a big storyline in the game about uh, rescuing His another cake. Friend. His friend Scrum,
2: who is always getting into trouble, and he just wants to be left alone. Yeah, he doesn't even want us to save him. He just wants to, like, live his life. Oh,
0: Scrum. Oh, God. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's such an interesting approach to tactics, you know, where so many other tactics games... They rely on the complexity and they rely on the precision and the min-maxing and getting exactly the right skills and then exactly the right setup and moving to exactly the right places. Like, it's the polar opposite of XCOM. Let's just put it that way. Every move matters in XCOM. In pit people, most moves probably don't matter that much. Like, there's a lot of margin for error in that game. Have
2: you guys done anything in the pit yet?
0: No, I think we only just got offered something there. I I assume you're way further on than we are. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so in your town you have like your barracks where you can swap people and items and all of that stuff. Um, but there's also the pit. It's basically like a coliseum style. Just like if you would like to just fight things, um, it's a great way to level up characters. If you have like a brand new character, but um, I honestly don't know what leveling up does in this game.
0: I, I mean, I, I assume it makes you tougher. I know every time you level up, you heal, which is lovely in combat. Really? But that I'm pretty good. sure at a higher level, you are just better, like your stats go up. Their stats are kind of, they're obfuscated. They don't give you exact numbers. They give you yeah. these kind of bar graphs, which are very cartoony and stylized. Like it It's going to bother the shit out of anybody that's like, <laughs> I must get the maximum out of this character. The game is against you if you're going to yeah. try and do that. It's going to try and stop you from doing that to the point where it's actually a little annoying because certain items have effects and there are no tool tips. so i have to go based yeah, on you have
2: no idea what the effect does you just it's see the like i think like, this explodes, I explodes. Yeah.
0: I, maybe and i think that they could do with resolving that definitely uh making that a little bit more clear i get what they're going for because they, they really don't want you to obsess over that stuff but mm. there are levels of hiding information that get to the point of just being frustrating as opposed to being useful
1: but yeah. it's also it's a game that's not about that stuff though right? no it's, it's about not the mm-hmm. characters and the weird abilities and then the baseline tactics of like okay if i attack them from behind i'll do a bit more like like it's like baby's first tactics game it's it is. perfect if yeah. you've never done tactics before this is the yeah. shit
0: very good introductory tactics game especially because it is you can play co-op in that so yeah. someone more experienced can kind of walk you through it
2: it's true so the, the way that the pit works is when you when you go into it, you're given two options. you're either given one um, v1 like PvP, or co-op. So if like if me and Sam go into the pit, then we're able to like co-op against just a random huge group of dudes. and if you get through um, three waves of that, like three different full battles, then you get a bunch of rewards and treasure and stuff um. We've realized that uh, I I thought what would be most intuitive is if you wanted to do PvP and you were already in co-op, you would be able to like go into the PvP area and it would just put you against each other. That did not happen. It kicked oh. one person out of the game.
0: Okay, <laughs> the game is still that. in early access. There, I yeah. mean, it's very uh, far along. <clears throat> it's, it feels like it feels very finished, but there's a couple of things that are a little a little bizarre. Like we found out, for instance, you can't go into co-op. Until you've gone got through a few missions, like yes. that was very unintuitive for us initially. There's a space phone in your town that gives you access to co-op, but the first few missions you have to play solo.
1: But it, but then it even said when you joined, it was like, "Do you want to skip the first missions?" And we were like,
0: "You can do that, yeah." Okay,
1: so yeah, it's it's they need to to work some of that out. But other than that, like the core base game is phenomenal. So it's
2: so like half the time when we just go and try out a side quest it winds up being so ridiculous like you can take a main quest before you leave town but there are side quests everywhere and almost every time you're like what the fuck is happening in this yeah, I, side think, quest? I think we got one where it was it was like a leopard or something and oh, uh, oh yeah we
0: had to rescue a leopard and take it to the leopard tamer
2: Oh yeah, and then he was like, I don't I, I don't know, know what why this everybody is. Thinks that I'm a leopard tamer. yeah <laughs> like
0: you're like we're pretty so sure we it. killed him. We're pretty sure he's dead now because we gave him <laughs> a leopard. Uh, I don't know it it's a it's a very, very funny game. It, it's a great I just like that one you know one game has taken tactics in the other direction and just gone with it, it gives me the same fun that I get from tactics games, but it's a lot more fast paced and it's a much bigger clusterfuck. So there's plenty of games I can go to if I want the more precision every move matters tactics. There's a lot of tactics games. But there aren't all that many tactics games I can go to if I would prefer a lighter, quicker option.
2: Absolutely. And yeah, people fills that I was niche. I was like, I feel like I can just relax and play this game. And yes. I have never felt that way playing tactics game in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. There is an insane difficulty mode for it that I imagine probably means that every move matters a lot more. But... You know, we've, we've had a couple of guys die. They don't die permanently, but there is a penalty to it. You don't get three stars on the mission if you get people killed, so you don't get as much loot. And once they're dead, you have to go back to your town in order to bring them back, and that means that any quest you're currently on will fail. So if you're take if you taking a quest and then you lose some dudes on the way, it's like, ah, well, we're going to go fail the quest because we need to go back to town and get our guys back. So Never there is a penalty.
1: We are... We are- pro questers yeah we definitely totally didn't die absolutely not yeah
0: it's yeah it's it's really good i mean all the behemoth games are it's already like on my list of potential top 10s for this year because it is that damn good yeah
2: i have a i have a, a tip that sam and i just realized the last time we were playing if you guys haven't realized this yet oh so like you have a certain amount of space in your um in your like buggy right like each person has has their buggy and you can say like i want two campfires, and I want, you know, three cages, and then it has a number of slots left. Mm -hmm. Those slots are what fill up with treasure and things as you do quests.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Okay.
2: Yeah, so you can potentially, if you try to do too many quests, you can hit a point where the treasure just sits on the floor, and you can't pick it up.
0: Because your wagon's full. Okay, sure.
2: So we thought, oh my god, we have to, like, go back into town, and then, like, dispatch again. You don't have to, you have to just go near it, drive next to town and it like drops off all of your treasure.
0: Yes. So I did notice that. And I wondered if it was just cosmetic feature, but no, as you said, it is actually a gameplay feature. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So keep that in mind.
0: Probably designed for that. Yeah. It's as it's still an early access, but most of the stuff is there. It's got online PVP. It has online co-op. It's got local co-op as well. When we played it back at PAX, we used these crazy controllers and did it locally, and that was a lot of fun. You get to pull this giant lever to end your turn, which was really enjoyable. Uh, (laughs) I I hope they at least do a limited run of those controllers, even though they're probably useless for every other game ever. Right. I'd love to see people adapt it. I remember back in the day with the Dreamcast, where there was the fishing controller for Get Bass Fishing, or Sega Bass Fishing, depending on which territory you're in. And someone's like, can I play Soul Calibur with this? And the answer was yes, to a limited extent. So they were like, and everyone was trying. It's like, which game could I use the fishing controller to play in some weird way? Uh, it's so it's like with dance pads, you know? People I, was gonna, it with-
2: I was literally just going to say, to this day, people try to play every game with a dance pad. And yeah. It's like, why? Shout out to
1: that dude who uh, I, I do not know his stream name, and I wish I did. The guy who just is like, today I'm going to play a game with bananas. Like, whoever that dude is. I don't is, know that right. he, but- There's a guy, and I want to give him the credit. Qu- chat will know. uh He like takes random stuff and wires them into it like making them a controller what yeah so it's awesome. like Today we're genius tin cans and we're gonna play skyrim with tin cans and it's like <sighs> what are you doing and it somehow is a thing that it, like yeah, we're gonna do dark souls with with tuna fish
2: and it's like what <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it's it
2: rudism, people are saying there,
0: there you go sure? i possibly not sure
2: dude
1: is on point. I love stuff like that. It's so silly. It never works out quite like he did. Overwatch with something weird. A microwave, like, right? Yeah, like something. And it's just like it never works out the way it's supposed to. But it's so silly to watch it happen. It's like um, what's her face who makes robots on YouTube? <laughs> like, terrible, terrible robots. But it's Really <laughs> funny to watch them. Yeah. Fail. And you're just like, all right. Yeah,
3: I love that stuff.
0: Love it. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. Well, we're we going. We are, right. are going to oh sorry Perry go
3: ahead me, very quickly that reminds me there was an angry video game nerd video where he got the nintendo power glove
0: uh, yeah and
3: he tried to play with the nintendo power glove which was one of the worst peripherals ever made by any computing system ever and so bad he had struggled at so bad. Land- it is so bad he had struggled at landing on the aircraft carrier in top gun and he was like I'm gonna try landing on the aircraft carrier in top gun with the power glove and he did it first time and he just sort of looks at it like like it's <laughs> this, this object it, it was yeah i mean it, i, I love i do love that kind of stuff that's cool i hadn't heard of that guy i'll definitely uh have a look at that what was his name rudism apparently what sorry say it again rudism R-U-D-E-I-S-M.
2: r-u-d-e-i-s-m yeah i
1: guess uh one of the ones yeah one of the ones that he's really known for is he played hanzo in overwatch with a nerf crossbow Oh, nice. Lovely. <laughs> which is hilarious, which is just too funny.
0: Yeah, the funny thing about the Power Glove is that it's that's actually not, by any stretch of the imagination, the worst controller that Angry Video Game Nerd has done. I think his recent video was with a, a Sega peripheral where you were able to control it with your body uh, and you stood in this sort of uh, ring to do it. it. That was terrible. There was another one he used that was like went on your eye but had voice command and he keeps just yelling fire, fire, fire over <laughs> it again and it just doesn't work. <laughs> There's all sorts of stupid-ass ideas that turned up for those systems. I think, uh,
3: I think the problem is that they called it the Power <clears throat> Glove. Like, they're setting themselves up. This better be a powerful glove. You've called <laughs> it the Power Glove. This better be a glove of power in some way. Yeah, and it was my... a piece of shit. Like, that yes. was the problem. They didn't call it the, the Sega body motion sensor, which you think, oh, that sounds kind of shit. The Power Glove. If someone yeah. if that was a quest in a game, you'd think, that oh, fucking sounds high level. That's a legendary like, uh, item, absolutely. the Power Glove. Like, I want that glove of
0: power. Yeah, it was just awful.
1: Mm. It's so bad. It's
2: so bad.
0: Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more about more games we've been playing after the break. I'm sure Dota's going to come up, and I'm sure that's going to be very interesting, considering what's been happening recently. But before we do that, our sponsor for today's show is Audible, and that is the place for you to find an unprecedented, the world's largest library of audiobooks available for your consumption. And we do have... Some recommendations, as it turns out, for some interesting books that you may very well enjoy. If you sign up using that link, you get a free audiobook. So that's a great way to try the service out. And of course, you can play it on practically any device. Probably not your microwave, I will say that, but almost everything else dodger you had a recommendation that you i believe you've been listening to it on your iphone if i recall correctly
2: <laughs> uh, yes i have been listening to indeed it that.
0: that's in fact what it looks like right now on the screen as you can see that that's a screenshot from dodger's iphone It's so just true. That grab that personal my information iphone yeah there you go um,
2: i've been reading a true crime book reading i've been listening to a true crime book uh Ooh. it is called professor and the madman and it's by simon winchester it's about the second I, I read what it was about, I was like, oh, yes. Um, it's about, uh, you know, when the Oxford English Dictionary was originally being put together, like, people had to contribute to it. Like, wordsmiths of the time had to contribute to it. Um, and there was one person who contributed more than anybody else. But anytime somebody wanted to visit him, he would refuse or he would say that he was gone or, like, he would make some kind of an excuse. Um, and they came to realize that this guy was actually a killer, like a serial killer who was behind bars while he was contributing to the Oxford English Dictionary.
0: Huh. That's awesome. So, That's, uh... yeah,
2: it's a, it's about, like, him and how he did it and, like, this weird intersection of, I'm a I'm a genius in this way and I also, like, kill people. <laughs> like, so...
0: That, uh, that sounds really, really interesting. I know that, uh, Jesse, you're something of a Star Wars audiobook fanatic. Person-
1: what? Me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're the person who recommends all the Star Wars books ever, so you do have a new recommendation for us on that basis. It's
1: always shameless plugs for the Star Wars New Canon Book Club. Uh, yo, uh, right now, over the next few weeks, you should be reading if you are part of our book club, and if you're not, you should join. Uh, Audible is a great place to do it. Heir uh, to the Jedi. Uh, Mark Thompson is reading this one. Kevin Heron wrote it, but Mark Thompson is like one of my favorite uh, voice actors, voiceover guys, whatever you would say on Audible. Dude is amazing. Um, it's, if, if you are curious what the hell Luke Skywalker was doing immediately after the Battle of Yavin, this is your jam. So jump in there. And I wonder about that all the time. You should. You should, because it's different now. <laughs> it's new canon. They erased all the old stuff. So uh, it definitely will impact things that might happen in episode eight. I would jump on that. Um, So far, it's a really good book. And uh, I'm I'm only like, like eight or nine hours in. But it's still, you know, it's a good listen. Here's what I will say. You can always listen to audiobooks. There's so many ways to listen to audiobooks. You can do it when you're cleaning your house. You can do it when you're playing video games. You can do it in the car. The car is the best place, by the way. You can do it anywhere. Jump on it. Jump in and on audiobooks.
0: Yeah, the way I listen to audiobooks often is if I'm downstairs cooking or whatever, I'll just tell my Alexa to play my play my audiobook. We've got an Echo down in the kitchen. So that syncs up to my iPad, which I usually use for listening, or my PC, which I use for listening as well. And it'll just resume back from where I was, which is ideal.
2: I was literally about to say, did you guys hear that you can um, change it so that instead of calling her Alexa, you can just call her computer? <laughs>
0: Steve, yes like i stage. don't know how good an idea that is because i have a feeling i'd probably activate it more than i meant to let me put yeah, it that you way
2: probably say the word computer often right
0: <laughs> yeah quite a lot uh, just looking at who narrated this actually uh, mark thompson narrates air uh, to the jedi mark thompson is the guy who narrated the thrawn trilogy which i've just finished all of them I also said, is that uh, mark audible.
1: thompson a phenomenal voice actor
0: yes uh, there was a, there's a couple of times where i'm not uh, where he's stretching his range let me put it that way he does a wookiee in the first <laughs> the first book of the Throne trilogy, Head of the Empire, that's a little dodgy because it's a Wookiee. But and then in the current one that I'm listening to, which is the last book of the duology, which follows that, called Vision of the Future, he does several bird people. And the kids of Leia and Han Solo. They're a little <laughs> uh, they're a I mean it stretches his range. Let me just put it that way. Let, let's just put it that way. But otherwise, he, he does an almost pitch-perfect Han Solo. His Luke if is you, very good. His 2-1 is excellent.
1: Amazing, uh, in the Aftermath book series, he does a B-1 battle droid, and it is amazing. It's the right kind of terrible. It has like, Roger, Roger. It's
0: mm. Oh, those, well, I mean, even in the movies, those were terrible. So oh, terrible. how do you even Please, do that? Tell us how
1: bad they are.
0: Hopefully it's- he never does a Jar Jar. Let me put it that way. I God, don't no. want to hear that that's all. Help us all yeah but outside of star wars books and as I say, i've finished the throne trilogy which i'd highly recommend to everybody air to the empire particularly the 20th anniversary edition is available on audible and it's excellent but since we've already done star wars books i'm going to recommend a non-fiction although it's a lit it's a bit it's a bit of both because of course it's about wrestling which is fictional but also not it's called the hardcore truth the bob holly story it's written by Bob or hardcore Holly who you might have remember from Attitude Era Wrestling. He was sort of the quintessential I wouldn't call him a jobber per se, which you know is wrestling terminology for a guy who always loses to make the other guy look better. but he was definitely used as um, a, an experienced ring veteran, but not a not championship material. So you saw him a lot on TV, but he wasn't that famous. But he, the cool thing about that is that he's got a very interesting perspective on the industry of wrestling, and hmm. he did an autobiography, and he wrote it, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he, he, he it was him and Ross Williams, because obviously his real name's Bob Howard. Uh, him and Ross Williams did it, and then it's narrated by Brian Holseple, uh, and it is it's a tell all essentially, and. Oh. It tells it from a perspective that you can definitely understand as someone that is not into wrestling. Like it's just a very intriguing look into an industry that's kind of secretive. Whoa, so
4: this, I think it's.
1: I remember this guy.
0: Yep, you probably do. <laughs> he used to wrestle with people like Al Snow and, uh, of course, you know Eddie Guerrero and all those guys. He. He
1: was the guy Brock Lesnar would always kick the crap out of.
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> he he had his um, neck broken by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, like, th- that's a real thing that happened. Uh, he feuded with Brock Lesnar. I mean, he feuded with a lot of people, but that was the interesting thing. Like, he was always a, a very well respected guy, but he was never, like, made champion. I think he won, like, the tag team titles at one point, but he was never, like, one of the big famous guys. And that's what makes it great because he doesn't give a damn about making, ev- uh, like, saying, oh, WWE's amazing or whatever. Like, it's all very honest. He spends a lot of time shitting on Triple H. Um, He talks about Stone Cold Steve Austin, talks about The Rock. He talks a lot about Vince McMahon. He's very, very open and honest about his opinions. And it's just fascinating as a result. Like I listened to the whole thing start to finish and I found it, I I barely ever read by or listen to biographies. That's not a thing that I do. But this one was really, really interesting to me. Like not just from a wrestling perspective, from the perspective of just a person who spent 30 years putting his body through hell and never really getting the recognition for it. And right. there's a certain amount of bitterness, but it's very balanced. Like he's not whining; he never complains. He, he's just sort of very realistic and very does, uh, does brute force, is honest been about been it.
1: Reading his own book?
0: No, it's, it's some other guy narrates it. It's not him. Uh, he has, uh, I mean, his accent. He, I mean, for God's sake, his finishing movie was called the Alabama Slam. For God's sake, so I think you could probably guess what his accent is kind of like. So he picked somebody else uh, to narrate it, but he wrote it. There's no doubt about that.
3: Did they get the Star Wars guy to do him as well?
0: Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, there's, there's a few Wookies involved villain. in it. Yeah. And you know that I, would, I don't know if that you not be able
3: to I, I don't use audiobooks, but uh I have noticed that Red Rising is on there. If you haven't read Red Rising or listened to it as an audiobook, I heartily recommend that book because it is absolutely amazing. It is I, one of the best uh, sci fi trilogies I've ever read. Red what? Rising trilogy.
0: Oh my. Well, apparently the guys on Audible agree with you because it's a 4.6 with 18,000 star ratings. Oh I've god. I this is probably going to be my next purchase, I think. You
3: should get it. You will love it if you enjoy <laughs> anything.
0: If I'm cool. If enjoy yeah, that, that.
3: Enjoy that I Excellent. swear to god. My my friend Hotbid recommended it to me and I was like what is it like he, he just said just just read it it's the most ridiculous sci-fi oh my god amazing read it. I w- yeah i want
4: I'm in gonna on this. have
1: to i'm gonna have to call crendor on this one because the first things people are comparing it to are uh hunger games and that one <laughs> with, the, with the girl in chicago you know what i'm talking about dodger uh, uh they made the shitty movies divergent divergent yes
3: shit i'm in I'm <laughs> all kidding. right it's it's like a really good version of those things i was gonna say
0: because those weren't i mean divergent is not brilliant especially the movies Uh, but
3: like it's not it's not particularly original genuinely a lot of the things in it are kind of like that you could say this is kind of like Like, book one is very much like that and then it gets very sort of big sci-fi opera and space opera and it it, it is phenomenal i loved it I, i couldn't put it down
0: I, I certainly have no issue with using existing working themes. I like the familiarity. Yeah, okay. I'm going to, once I'm done with my Star Wars binge, I think I'll have a look at this. This looks like <laughs> yeah, it would be I'd right up my think. alley. I, you know, yeah. I've yet
3: to speak to anyone that's read it that has that said, that was a piece of shit. Like everyone's like, yeah, that was fucking great. Like, very, ooh, very No, it's not high literature or anything. It's just awesome.
0: Indeed. So go and check out Audible. And you can check out free trial, get yourself a free audiobook at audible.com slash cynical and an unmatched library of audiobooks that will run and sync up on practically any device. If you fancy reading along, they have Whisper Sync with the Kindle. So you can use that with your Kindle app or with your Kindle device, which means you can literally read along with it. You can, pl- one of the nice little features of the Audible app is you can increase the playback speed. You don't have time for this shit. You can play it back at double speed if you wish. I do that a lot with, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure most of my audience does that with my YouTube videos because they're far too long. So <laughs> my, you, you... Mate,
3: my mate does that with everything he watches. Every mm-hmm. TV show, every recorded, everything. He Two to two and a half to even three times speed with the subtitles on. Wow. So, yeah.
0: And do He's you know, d- and some people look down on audiobooks. Did you know, however, there was a recent scientific study published that actually said that the... Uh, the, the, your, de- your information retention and the way that your brain works with audiobooks is very is very similar, if not in some ways superior to the way that work with a regular book. It oh, actually yeah, yeah. stimulates the same areas of the brain. So, it is a great way to listen. I don't often have time to just sit down and read these days, but the great thing about audiobooks is I can just have them running in the background uh, while I'm doing something else. So, it's a great way to use time, and the selection available here is phenomenally good. Mm. there you go folks go and get yourself a free trial of audible over there right now try out one of the books that we've recommended or many many more besides they're all pretty damn good we're going to a break folks when we come back dota and many other things besides perhaps
3: <laughs> Woo, please, you not know. Just dota, please.
0: <laughs> oh dear we'll be right back folks don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the co-optional podcast all
3: right hello
0: hopefully you all had a wonderful break
1: uh, I got water and put it in a red cup, because that's how I roll.
0: That's very exciting. Everyone now thinks you're drinking Natty Light.
1: Oh or nat- my God. Or is it Natty
0: Ice? Is uh,
1: it- Milwaukee's Best, I believe, is, yeah. is what I'm
0: <laughs> I'm not really up on my American crappy beers, I have to say. Uh, if you are- somewhere there is a college student who's like,
2: Milwaukee's Best! Shit! <laughs> I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say Pabst Blue Ribbon I think where I grew up was like the that's been
3: ruined by hipsters quality, unfortunately, shitty beer. unfortunately it's been ruined by hipsters but you know I'm I'm rocking a Coors Light tonight shout out mm. to Coors Light makers of Coors Banquet Beer still the best beer Coors, Coors banquet, banquet Beer for banquet. banquets another banquet beer
0: that sounds suspicious
3: also Coors Banquet Beer
0: indeed mm. Let's talk a little bit about Dota. Of course, Pooine, you're on the show. You play a lot of that. I played a little Hello. bit of it yesterday, and uh, I... Uh, well, let, let's just I put it this way.
3: Tell me, tell, give me, feed me. Dodger's
0: upcoming marriage is possibly in great peril because Strippen started playing Dota. And <laughs> the, the Dota widows are a real thing.
3: It's I've true. been married for a very long time, and I can assure you my wife's been a widow ever since Dota came out. It's... Yep. Uh, it's you know what's odd? Five and a half Todd? thousand hours in that game. I've got five and a half. I've
2: thousand. I've never seen him play a game that typically inspires so much salt, and mm. seen him for the most part just kind of like enjoy the game and not get salty. I don't know what's happening there.
3: <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you've played enough of it, um, you you can get salty, but it never lasts. You just understand. It's like it's like imagine if you're playing i don't know pick a sport let's say you play basketball with some friends or whatever and you're sure. playing in a league and it's kind of competitive and you guys get you are like why didn't you fucking pass me the ball i was wide open well i thought i could make the shot well you didn't fucking make sure pass me next time when the game's over you don't carry on you don't go back to the locker room and slam the door you fucking should have passed me the ball you should you should just go yeah whatever it's just it's just the way it is we were just in the moment and though right. is kind of like that you're just in the moment sometimes you get salty uh, I think if you can carry that on outside the game, you've got a problem. But most people, I would say, who are mature enough to handle Dota should be able to just put a bad game behind them and, and not get sold. I am I mean, very clearly
0: you know, not I'm- mature enough to handle Dota. <laughs> We, I,
3: what happened? Well, what I mean,
0: ha- you know, I I don't, I don't really play the game anymore. I I stopped playing sort of seriously probably about a year ago. I popped back in briefly when the 7.0 patch hit because the massive game changer. I was interested to see what happened. Had a few really bad games and stopped playing again. And Strip said in our Skype group yesterday, you know, is it a good idea to play DOTA at this time? And he was about to go stream it solo. And I was like, you know what? I'll join you. And then Force is like, you know what? I'll join you as well, just so you don't have to deal with solo queue. So
3: you guys three queued?
0: We three queued, yeah. Was that a bad idea?
3: Big mistake. Never play video games solo. What are you doing? If it's a multiplayer game where you have to work with a team and there's any kind of communication required, bail on it as fast as you can. I Don't play Dota solo, CSGO solo, anything solo. And any game where you can just pretty much do your job and that's that. But any game where there's difficult coordination required, and people are going to go, I can't believe you didn't do the way you fucking they Don't don't do it. I wouldn't we, do it. So yeah. But there's three.
0: Thing. You said three queuing is a bad idea because there's three of us. What, yeah because then you
3: bump into two randos and they're going to be awful people oh, okay are like, oh, no Do, no. and they're going to think the same about you so did yeah. we get oh. matched
0: up against a fixed team like how does that work exactly because there were three I of us i think or? it
3: varies i think it oh, varies okay. i think if you're in a five stack it prioritizes five stacks but we bumped in sense. lots of, lots of times we bumped into stacks that are just like they're just like are you a pre-made we're like yeah they're like oh and we, then one of them yeah. has got fed up with the others and he's like, GG finish after like 10 minutes. And he's yeah. just given up. And, and, uh, and one of the things you'll see people do is they sell all their items and just <laughs> buy wards and put them everywhere.
0: And yeah. They- I've seen that. I've seen that or buy like six pairs of boots or whatever. Right.
3: Final level griefing, feeding you carriers, stuff like that. So that's the solo queue experience in a nutshell because some people feel that if if after 10 minutes the, the game is obviously not won, the game is obviously lost. Like, that's it. We're never going to pull this back. There's the way we play it is, we stick with it. I mean, we, we've we won some ridiculous games that we should have lost and equally we've lost some games we definitely should have won. But, it, you know, that's part of the fun. The game is alive until the very end and that, that's the most exciting part of it. But 7.0, just to bring it back to your original point, is the biggest data patch there's ever been. It's Mm -hmm. it's fundamentally changed so much, brought in a whole bunch of new stuff. I'm sure you covered it the other week, because I know you asked me the other week when the patch came out and I couldn't make it, but it was...
0: Yeah, I looked at a few things, a very, very surface level, you know, kind of, it was more, I I know when I did a video on it, it was more about, It's less about the specific changes and more about the idea that, you can't, uh, there, were, there were a lot of people around the time shouting about the, the game being ruined because it's now like more casual or whatever, or getting very hostile because an idea had been taken from another game. In the case yeah. of like the the whole talent tree thing that they added, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, they take it something that's arguably from Heroes of the Storm, which I mean, it's really not. I mean, obviously talent trees go back to WoW and then even further back than that, you know, Right. but, and they, you know, they, they had such hostility to Heroes of the Storm that they thought taking any idea from them was bad. It's like, no, you know, great games are often built off ideas that are taken and adapted from other games. And the whole plus stats thing was a carryover from a very old game.
3: If you're claiming that they stole something from Heroes of the Storm, it's like, who do you think Heroes of the Storm stole the whole concept of the game from? Like, give me a break. What do you say? They borrowed one thing? It's that that's ridiculous.
0: It is very oh, silly. Oh, go on,
3: Jesse. You raised a finger. You should have pushed the raise hand button.
1: Don't
0: like, push out. that oh, button good. on Zoom. Oh, God. <laughs> I was simply that to say, client. Like, It's bad.
1: if you backtrack at all, everyone stole from StarCraft and WarCraft.
4: Like,
3: sure. Really? Yeah. You that's what, that's yep. what the genre is. The whole thing's just stolen ideas. Ripping <laughs> off Aeon of
0: Strife. How dare you? That's what
3: games are. I mean, yeah, spoiler, game, that's what it is. It exactly. is. It's totally I mean, our there, games There's are a built. reason that sequels in films are generally worse is because you don't want to see more of the same sequels in games is the opposite you want to see more of the same but better and improved so yeah. if you can be like a fate a faux sequel by basically ripping off a game and doing it better people are like this is like so and so but way better and I've, so, s-
0: I've said this time and again like even getting onto the the topic of like full-on rip off. so when i know when paladins came out there was a lot of that like oh this is ripping off overwatch and high res just rips off other people's games this became like particularly appropriate because the last two games they announced, they're basically using the Smite IP to make some different games. So they're making one that's kind of like uh, a tactics game that's a bit like Duelist, and they're making one that's like Clash Royale. And people are like, ah, oh, you're off, like. But the thing is, like, um, one, I'm okay with that because I like I like the Smite l- world. I like the idea of I can use these gods from different mythologies to do that. That's far more aesthetically appealing to me and it's, it's, a, it's a better theme than Clash Royale. Clash Royale's theme is units that were in Clash of Clans. Right. like, well, I didn't play Clash of Clans, so I don't give a fuck about that. I just like the fact that it's a good game. If they can come along and make a better version of that, but with a theme I care about, I'll probably switch to that. And it's that, honestly... It's the same with stuff like Paladins, I was like, oh, you're ripping off Overwatch. One, Overwatch is by no means original under any circumstances. You know, theres I don't think there's a single mechanic in that whole game that hasn't been borrowed or adapted from some other game. And It's, more, true.
3: it's honestly true of most games. Yes, much it, of course every it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, a ridiculous argument, I
0: think. It's also how genres are formed. It's like, oh, yeah. oh okay, we're only allowed one game that does this thing. No one yeah. else is allowed to do that now. Great, we would have never had first-person shooters or RTS or tactics games or anything like that if that were true. Yeah. And honestly, if someone takes your game and does it better, that's your fault.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, no one, no one on earth would complain if a better Overwatch came along.
3: No. Yeah, oh, who's going to say this is too much fun? Oh, yeah. this is. Yeah. Well, yeah. they
0: yeah. would complain because they have this loyalty, you know. And especially when you get invested in a game like that. So let's say, you start buying skins, you start leveling but, up, you become invested in that product, and you become defensive but, of that product sometimes. But
1: the same thing happened with Team Fortress Two when Overwatch came along. You saw all those people putting like, "Hey, look at it's it's." team overwatch yeah Yeah. and and then the game came out people were like i don't i'm gonna play that instead because i fucking love this game now it'll happen like that's just the way it is people always get defensive and they see like oh this is actually better what the fuck am i doing still playing that old
3: game and of course
0: yeah and i think
3: the the issue is they're terrified the user base is going to disappear for their game so there's a lot of yes there's a lot of that that in that they're like like i mean there's a lot of games where the user base is diminishing, and they're like, "Please, please, no, no, no! That's no good. That's rubbish. Don't do that. Don't do that." And You're like, yeah. they just don't want to have to face ten-hour queue lengths. No. To, to get a match, so I can yeah, kind of understand
0: it, but I, I, yeah.
2: I was gonna say, just as as like a a shout out to Valve though, that when Overwatch was coming out, like they immediately acknowledged, like we need to up our game. Yeah. Like I started trying to figure out. Okay, how do we put in a ranked mode? How do we add in some of the things that Overwatch is going to have, so that we can, you know, at least try and compete? Like, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we add more to our game in response? And yeah. I was like, "Good on you guys!" Instead of just being like, "Ugh."
0: I mean, Two Fortress Two is still doing well. I'm just, I'm lo- I, what I'm wanting to look at is the numbers for when. Uh, when did Overwatch come out last year? Was it like uh, last spring, uh, March? Right? Yeah, something like that uh there was there's been a decrease in users since overwatch came out but it's not been very large you know around when uh before overwatch came out the game was doing about ninety two thousand concurrent players which is amazing by the way and the lowest point that it sort of dipped to after overwatch came out was more like seventy thousand. that's still a shit ton of people like overwatch actually didn't take a big chunk out of team fortress and that doesn't surprise me at all actually because when you create a game that people invest in, when they get a bunch of really cool items that they want to keep, and they've spent money on the game, they're less likely to want to leave. This is why so many games are now including this uh, persistent account level shit because it keeps your users. It's about user retention. It's about keeping them playing. Mm-hmm. Dota is is quite easy to leave because you don't un- you don't have to pay to unlock characters, but it still has. I've still got all those cool items and announcer packs and shit. I've invested in that game. So it's harder to leave that game as a result.
3: I, I agree. Like the, the the number of cosmetics you've got and everything, you could always trade them to someone else. That's and true. Sell them on the Can't do that in most it's games. Like it's true. Like you can sell your items, most of them for real world money. So if you wanted, you could do it, but, I, and there are lots of competitors out there. I mean, I think with overwatch, if you want that exact kind of uh, easy to get into, you can just play a couple of rounds. You're not going to be there for an hour you know, you can dip in and out, you can leave, and there's the real horrible penalty. I mean, I, I play CSGO a lot, and when it comes to CSGO, I think there's a similar... There, People are attached to accounts, but the problem with CSGO is that there's not enough attachment to your rank because you can get your good rank and then just go make a smurf, and people do that. With yeah. Dota, because there's no ceiling cap, there's no, this is the highest rank. Like global elite or whatever. That's that's not it. You can just keep adding twenty-five to your MMR and keep going up and up and up. And mm-hmm. I think if you want to combat smurfing in CSGO, one of the ways to do that would be to get rid of the stupid little ranks that are just like a fixed picture. Just have a number like see it like like Dota does. And that way that will encourage people who are very good to keep playing and trying to get that higher and higher MMR. That's just a
0: point I sure wanted to. Yeah. Anyway, so back to just the gameplay of of Dota in general. I'll recap our unpleasant experience yesterday and then we can okay. have Let me tell me what hero were you playing? A much better counterpoint from Perian who plays a lot more than me. I I played <laughs> several. Uh, let me let me put it this way. I had a very very horrible experience with Doom who evidently has been changed get it yeah, he's not great yeah i actually only picked him up because i got the i got lucky i got the very rare skin from the warhammer chest for him the uh so Demon heroes
3: based on the cosmetics yes
0: me? which is the way the obvious way you should pick heroes yeah you know, i <laughs> right. actually mostly played heroes that i had warhammer cosmetics for i had the okay. i got the squig rider disruptor i mean i like disruptor anyway i'm decent him. he's a good hero. hero i had a, that, that was a fairly okay game uh I had made a few stupid mistakes, but I got some good kills and all that kind of thing. My experience with Doom was miserable. I felt like I was doing no damage. I couldn't even tank. I was just useless in general. Where did uh, you
3: lane him? Did you didn't go jungle doom, did
0: you? No, no, no. No. Okay. I went I was I was on? down I was dire I was dire in the bottom lane and I was dipping into the jungle to devour a creep and then coming back. Um did
3: you have a lane partner?
0: I don't think so. No. Okay. A lot um, of the
3: time, people run lanes as duos now, like two-one-two lanes. The the old yeah. classic three-one-one is not as not as popular. I see a lot of pub games where it's two-one-two anyway. But yeah, Doom's Doom's not great at the moment. You never see him like ever.
0: So. Yeah. He just didn't. I, I just I was trying to figure out his role other than his ultimate, which is now on a re, is a very high cooldown. So I, I I just felt useless in a fight. I wasn't. I know they've reworked him and changed his abilities. I just wasn't, I wasn't doing damage. I wasn't being, I was just not being useful at all. Uh, that you was a have, uh, pretty rough game.
3: Play the new Techies, TB. Play the techies. new Techies. He <sighs> has an techies ability ruins rate. the game for everybody, wiggles, though. and then launches himself at the enemy, exploding, dealing half of his health, and he silences him at max level for seven Seconds. It's insane. That sounds Laning horrible. Him is amazing. It, <laughs> Genuinely it's, it's horrible. Best, I play techies all the
0: time. Yeah. I had a decent game with Weaver. You know, I play Weaver relatively well. That that went okay. We we lost every single game. We also somehow ended up with the same Spanish speaking <laughs> partner three games in a row. Same dude okay. who was always I assume he was complaining. I'm, my Spanish isn't very good. <laughs> I'm not even sure how we ended up with him three times when we cubed in a, as a three man team. But that he didn't help because he was doing stupid shit and just insulting everybody. So that was. It was, what MMR are you if you don't aw, mind? A bit?
2: what if the whole time he was like, "Guys, I'm just so excited to be with such great <laughs> team." <laughs> you guys are like this fucking guy.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I'm fairly sure he wouldn't have used the word "pooter" over and over again if that were true. Mm. But yeah, fair. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what our MMR is. Fair.
3: You don't know. Yeah. I,
0: I only have a solo you mean, you MMR. I don't
3: Nesca because he was hungry. My solo yeah. MMR was like if, three point two. If you don't 2. even have a party MMR and you're queuing into a
0: Could have been anybody. Three
3: of you into a two, it's going to be a nightmare. Like, you want to try and get a five stack and get your roll down. I would say, if you haven't played the game in a while, play support, get back into it and go as a roaming duo with someone else and just make everything easier like help your team that's the main thing don't try and solo off-lane as doom that sounds terrifying enough as it is I wouldn't <laughs> do that <laughs> yeah you TV yeah, yeah. yeah don't try to go solo asshole
0: oh yeah that thing what an idiot I am <laughs> all my knowledge of the game even, as limited as it was is now completely irrelevant because they changed it everything is. that was fun they
3: did change everything it's everything just... the map the talents the it... of... heroes got changed new heroes monkey king for Christ's sake you know, yeah it's all
0: changed Dota 2 is just genuinely one of the the hardest games ever made and a lot of it is down to the fact that there are rules upon rules upon rules upon rules but then there are even more exceptions to all of those rules like that and a lot it's very arcane a lot of it uh, because a lot of that stuff goes all the way back to the original warcraft 3 mod like over 10 years ago and that those things are still in as a result like if in most games if you get a certain item that says it's going to do something you assume that's what it's going to do but in this game, let's say let's take Black King Bar as an example. Like okay. in any other game, Black King Bar that says this gives you spell immunity for a few seconds, you would assume it gives you immunity to spells, right? Well it does, except this spell. Spell, this, spell, this 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 and as there are so many exceptions to the rules that are put in there for in terms of balance, it makes learning the whole thing a nightmare. Yep. And and there's so many combinations of abilities and heroes and weird exceptions to rules and strange circumstances in which certain things happen that don't happen any other time. It makes the game very, very difficult to learn. Yeah, and
3: I I mean, I remember coming in as as a beginner and it was utterly baffling and there was mm -hmm. so much stuff. And the thing is, I still go to events now and backstage I'll see people, like people who are incredibly good at the game, like pro players, ex-pros, analysts, and they'll be saying, does that go through BKB? How does that inter- interact with so? What happens Oh if God, yeah. This, this? And it's like this huge, never-ending experiment. And as they change that, they're like, what range of so? Oh, no, they nerfed it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, they buffed it. So it's like, as you're watching the game, you'll see the casters will say, what the hell happened there? And then they'll have to say, so like, oh, all right, to figure yeah, it out. they yeah. changed it. It, it's crazy. I mean, I've it never was, played a game that changes and, and has that much in the first place. It's like an encyclopedia where you get to page 100 and then the previous 80 pages have all had changes. You've got to go back to the start, read all those God, yeah. pages just over and over again. So yeah, there's a lot to you You've just got to play it, play it, play it. That's it.
0: We run, it. The, we run into that issue when casting StarCraft after a patch and StarCraft, the changes they make are often way less extreme and there's often far fewer exceptions to rules. Things are a bit more straightforward. But I'll tell you yeah, this. Yeah. If I go to like one of the pros and ask them, say, "Oh, what's the stat on this?" They probably couldn't tell me. Like they, they just, they just know how things interact. They don't know the numbers specifically. Right, right. Like what they may know that um, if you get this plus, if you get plus one upgrade versus a zero armor, uh, you know, the, one of the classic examples is plus one weapons to Protoss versus zero armor Zerg means that zealots kill Zerglings in two hits instead of three, which is a massive difference. But if you ask them what the stats of the Zergling and the Zealot are, they probably couldn't tell you. All they can tell you yeah. is in that situation, because that's the important fact, this yeah, is what yeah. happens. Because it's just information overload. It's it's nuts. There are so few people that can recall all of that. Yep. But we, yeah, we had a pretty miserable time. I mean, I'm I'm glad that Strippen seems to have the right mindset. He was pretty salty when we were playing, but I think he may have been influenced by the fact that myself and Force were also salty, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's odd. Sometimes that is the case. If you're with a bunch of salty people, it
3: like elevates.
0: <laughs> it can be, yeah. And sometimes. It never
3: it, helps. You just it, gotta say, hey guys, let's be the team that sticks together. That's what I always say. Let's be the team Aww. that sticks together. Like Homer did on that episode of The Simpsons with the Pim Pals, where he said, let's be the team that supports each other. And we should all get t shirts made up and Mr. Burns can sponsor us for $500 and everything like that. Like that. Just be the mm-hmm. team that sticks together and, and don't. Don't get salty. It doesn't, it never helps. When, when no. has it ever helped? But Every time you go, you motherfucker, why never. did you do this? You should have done this, blah, blah. And they go, you're right, I'll do it again next time. No, no, oh, Yeah, yeah no one's ever going to listen to that. Blah, blah, blah.
0: It's like, yeah. hey, if, if you insult people, they'll totally come around to your point of view, right? No, works. no, it won't. It'll just make them defensive.
2: That's
0: what I thought. Uh, well, I mean, considering what's been happening over the last few months, I don't blame you, but yeah, I'll present some alternative facts here. One way or the other. They, it, it, it was definitely rough. Uh, I think, you know, getting a five stack, uh, you're right. If you have five people that you're friends with, even if a game goes badly, you can get small victories out of it. You know? It's like, just, oh, just I lost, my... but we got that fucker, you know?
3: Right. But, but every game, you just learn something. You see something different. You learn a new interaction. You think of a new tactic. You try something else. So don't focus so much on, we've got to win this game, or this is a total waste of time. I mean... I've got like just under a 50% win rate. So half of the five and a half thousand hours I've played Doha, I've been losing yeah. for hours of my life, losing, and sometimes horribly, but I still enjoy it. And you still learn something, you still get better. And you just learn which heroes you like, what roles you like, mm-hmm. what, you, what you're what you good at, and just focus on that. Find, find a core of five to 10 heroes you play consistently, know those heroes, because it's not about knowing the game. It's also about knowing that hero intimately, yeah. intimately, and that's the only way you can get ahead.
0: That, that is true enough. It, I, I still think, you know, for, for a lot of people, I think match length is becoming a bigger issue, probably as they get older and get less time on their hands, and they're willing to play more limited games that maybe don't give them the full sense of satisfaction that a really good game of Dota would, but they can get some of that in a much shorter period of time. People still ask, well, you're a kind of hardcore gamer. You work at PC games full-time. Why do you still play mobile stuff? Because sometimes I've got three minutes and I want a little taste. Of something like that and I know it's not as good I'm well aware of that I'm keenly aware of that Force Arena is kind of filling that niche at the moment it's not very good but it's got a it's a three-minute match with Star Wars characters in it and I get a little bit of the Dota like thing because I can control a hero directly and apply some of the principles that I've learned by playing all these games to something else it's not as satisfying but it's also three minutes versus fifty and I can do that anywhere and not have to sit down at my computer and commit to it. It's, it's convenient. It's about fitting that around your lifestyle. So th- that's why some people yeah. play stuff like that. And it's also why it's good that there's a lot of different games in the genre, by the way. This is why when you, ye- if you yell about paladins or whatever, like copying Overwatch or whatever, it's like, no, I want 20 different versions of Overwatch that are all slightly different so I can find the best one that suits my lifestyle or my particular situation the best maybe maybe that's maybe that's a good idea i don't want to play by overwatch's rules but there's maybe some other game that uh changes that one aspect that i don't quite like so much so it's good to have variety in the genre it's good to have competition within the genre
3: agreed
2: tb can i ask you a question you can try what is your shirt a reference to
0: it's a wwe thing
2: I figured it was. Most people can't
0: <laughs> see. It. It's actually also backwards on camera. It soft. <laughs> it does. Uh, there's a tag team in WWE right now called Enzo and Cass. They have a lot of catchphrases. Uh, and one of them talks to a sort of faux Brooklyn, you know, bada bing, bada boom kind of uh, sure. accent. And one of their catchphrases is that their opponents, they have, uh, they, there's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. S-A-W-F-T, soft. Soft, as they okay. pronounce it, that's Soft. become a big thing. The whole crowd chants it. It's a big catchphrase right now. <laughs> they they were one of my favorite teams back when they were in the developmental NXT, which is still like my favorite brand. And they're now up on Raw in the pay per views and everything. But yeah, I bought this T shirt like while they were still down. As a little team in front of five hundred people, now they're in front Aww. of like WrestleMania crowds and shit. They're re- they're really cool. Also, the big guy in the team is seven foot tall and has a medical degree and is actually like a qualified doctor. What? yet kick, yet play, wrestles for WWE and kicks people in the face, and is legitimately seven feet tall.
1: Can I just tell you that would be the greatest wrestler, a doctor, who, like, I know where your point, pain points are. Like, I, I will break you and then I'm put you I'm Pretty sure together. it's already been done.
0: Any, any gimmick you've thought of, any gimmick you've thought of, it's been done at some point in wrestling, trust me. I, I saw a clip last week uh, where someone was in that uh, T-Rex costume wrestling.
1: Great, great.
0: In fact, there's an Israeli wrestling league where a T-Rex just showed up oh, in the middle of a match. Oh, my
1: God. He's he's the doctor, and he has a sexy nurse with him? Oh, my God. That must have been oh, done. was this is not a thing! Wrestling!
0: I mean, hell, 20 no. years ago, the, the character who's now known as Kane, you know, Undertaker's brother, everyone knows who Kane is, you know, big, scary guy, he used to be called Isaac Yankum. He was an evil dentist. And <laughs> his theme music was nothing but a dentist drill. That didn't was, last oh very my long. God. Yep. I bet. Any dumb shit you can think of, it's been done at some point. Trust me. Trust How me. How long
1: ago? That was 20 years ago? I'm yeah. willing to bet that somewhere uh, he has a lawsuit against Nintendo for Ash Ketchum. Because Isaac Yankum is very, very similar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Uh,
2: um. Last week, did you guys talk about Rise and Shine? At I,
0: all? No. I believe you've beaten it, though, now. So is you it- can talk about yeah. that. Yeah. It's It's, a, it's a neat little... Plat- well, it's not so much a platformer actually i'll let you explain it because if i think people that look at it probably assume it's not quite the same game that it actually is
2: well it's like a it's like a side-scrolling shooter game um and the the concept of it is you're inside of a world that's made up of video game characters or like spoofs on video game characters um you're given a gun that. Uh, has infinity lives, basically, is the idea. Like, you're told you can never truly die. Like, any time you die, you'll just come back yeah, the to ga- life. As the gun grants
0: you immortality. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, as you go through the game, you pick up, like, bits that improve the gun. The gun's name is Shine. You pick up bits that, like, improve it. Um, and it was it was fun. I would say that I wanted it to get more difficult, and I also wanted it to be longer. ah that's what i was gonna say it is a
0: short game
2: i beat it in like a little over three hours i think and tb i think was saying that the shortest time somebody's beaten it in so far is two yeah that's That's pretty sure
1: here's the thing that and i don't know if this is your reaction to it dodger but my reaction was not that it was necessarily short but that it felt like it ended abruptly
2: yes absolutely because it i i honestly wouldn't have minded that it was short if it felt like it was a full right. thing but it did feel like it was suddenly over and i was like oh yeah you get you get, the to end.
1: The game, you get to a point in the game where you're like oh shit, this is when this is when the drama starts this is when it gets crazy and then it's like and then Boom. you beat it It's like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Ga- game yeah. length, I mean, game length has always mattered, and obviously, to like people who buy video games, if they spend X amount of money and then don't get as many hours as they hoped for that money, they're going to be a bit mad about it. But there is also the other aspect of how long should the game be? Like, is this game does it outstay its welcome, or does it give you too little? That, right. That's a far for us, I imagine, considering you know this is what we do for a job. That's far more important to us because we're not paying for our games most of the time.
2: Yeah, I um, I just. I I had the exact same reaction as Jesse where you hit this like final fight and I'm trying to say this in a way where it doesn't spoil anything but like right. you hit this final fight and you start to feel like oh my god this is where it's going to get crazy cuz like there's story elements that we know but but the kid doesn't know and then like all of this stuff just suddenly yeah, happens there's a huge reveal there's a massive reveal and you're like this is it This is the half like the halfway point of the game or some shit. And And it's it's actually the end of it. it. That's exactly it. It felt like it was halfway through the game. Um and then it was just like, here you go. Here's essentially here's the button to end the game. And you're like, okay, and then the game ends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can see that not being so great.
2: It I really I loved playing it. Um I had a couple of different points that I got stuck on for a little bit. Nothing ever felt so hard that I was like, shit, I'm going to be here forever, you know? Um, but it was just, it was, it was fun, like, switching between abilities and like, um, and I thought that the boss fights were well put together. It just didn't feel like a full game. Yeah. So that's what my
0: disappointment was. And I, I particularly enjoyed the, what I'd call the puzzle shooting parts of it. There are different types of ammunition that can all do different weird things, and more often than not, in order to kill an enemy, it's less about your ability to, uh, like, twitch shoot, and more about you've got to plan a shot. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's one which I believe is sort of a radio control bullet, but it, it, you could only control it when it's in the very limited range of these transmitters. So for some shots, you've got to like aim it up here and then use the momentum of it while it's outside of that to carry it to the next one and stuff like that in order to make the perfect shot. That to me was what really interested me about the game. You know, there's yeah. plenty of run and gun side scrollers, but this game has uh, elements where you have to be slower and plan things out a bit, which I like.
2: Mm hmm. Um
0: it's also like aesthetically beautiful. Like the, the yeah, art is I, very I good. thought
2: that it was a really nice looking game. Very I colorful. thought it was a nicely put together game. It just right. it it felt like they ran out of time or they ran out of money to me. But that's maybe entirely I'm wrong. possible. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was just it's just a weird ending. Like it's not a bad game. It's just it end yeah. it just like ended. And you're like I, the, my first reaction was okay, so maybe How do I say this? There are options at the end, and yeah, I I, I thought like maybe I picked the wrong one, so Mm -hmm. I went back and tried to do it again. And it's no matter what you do, it's the same. It's the same. There's only one ending. Yeah. And then I looked online to see if there was other like story progression things, and it's just there's not. There's just not. So yeah, it's. I felt like oh I screwed up or it was my fault, but Mm. I'm glad to know that other people had that same reaction. Mm-hmm.
4: Good.
0: Okay. yeah so yeah. It, may, it may be the case that you know what is there is pretty good if you're very much fixated on story you may get some disappointment and of course maybe the price isn't right for you as a result of how short that game is so, so do you keep it out- is
2: very fun like the like the actual shooter areas um dealing with waves of enemies that sort of stuff is very enjoyable so it's it's hard to say like I wouldn't recommend this game because I did really, really enjoy it. It just, I just wanted there to be more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it it's literally like two and a half hours long, which is so weird that, I don't know, I don't know. I wish it was longer because everything that's in it is phenomenal. And I guess that's the hallmark of, of why it's enjoyable mm-hmm. and why I'm mad that it ended the way it did. Cause I loved everything about what was happening and it's just like, it's over now. It's like, what?
2: Yeah.
0: There's another game that came out, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, that may very well suffer from similar. Although, possibly not. I mean, I know it is quite yeah, short. Game where Nefarious. You play the bad guy, Nefarious, right? yes. Um, I want to play
2: that really bad. So do I. It's, it's also apparently like a three hour game, right?
0: Yeah, it's about three hours. It's got nine levels. I know that because it, it, you know, they tell you that straight up. And most people seem to finish in about three hours. I can see that being the case. I don't think most people are turning around and saying, well, that w- that sucked because it was three hours. It probably wraps the story up fine. I haven't got to the end of it yet, but it's a fairly similar situation. It's a it's another side-scroller that has a lot of video game reference stuff in it. You play the video game bad guy. You start off by capturing the princess nice. and stuff happens. I don't want to spoil it because it's very funny story-oriented stuff. And you, then you decide to go across the world trying to capture all of the other princesses just to power your princess-powered death ray. Sure, why not? And But each level you go into, each of these princesses is very different and it also results in a very different boss fight. When they say you play the bad guy in the boss fights, they could have very easily just made it a regular boss fight except you're playing the, the, you know, you're playing someone who in the story is a bad guy. What they actually did, which is way fucking cooler, is each boss fight is designed around a classic or something that's quite similar to a classic video game boss fight you don't have the ability to leap around like a you know like a hero would because that's not how bosses fight bosses are generally bigger they have like a super death machine or something like that and i'll give you an example the first boss fight you do you are in basically robotnik's um flying egg machine with the uh the big ball on the chain from green hill zone in sonic 1 i yeah was it did was that the mul- i can't remember if it was sonic 1 or 2 where that that was the boss but you get the idea I think it was one. I think it was one, yeah. In two, in Emer- Emerald Hill, it was um was the dr- driller machine, wasn't it? It was the mole miner machine. Yeah, so in order to beat... The hero does what heroes generally do. He jumps around the screen and tries to kill you. You swing that giant ball around and try and crush him with it, which is hilarious fun. And another boss fight I went into, they made it a JRPG boss fight. They made it turn-based, and it was like Final Fantasy. Boss fight wasn't particularly great. Like They could have definitely expanded on that concept a bit more, but... There's a lot of variety there, and it does feel like you're genuinely playing the boss instead of one who's just like, I'm the bad guy, but this is the same as a normal game. The playing through it, the levels is pretty cool as well. It's mostly standard run and gun platforming. You have a couple of abilities. You can grenade jump and there's a few upgrades you can get. You can, uh, you can punch people and you can upgrade your fists to do different things as well. But the interesting part of it is about halfway through the level, you grab the princess And the princess gives you another unique mechanic, which the rest of the level relies upon you using. Oh, cool. The first princess lets you jump a bit higher because she has wings. The second princess that I grabbed turned my grenade launcher into one that left a trail of smoke, which could be used as a bridge, which was really neat. So the rest of the level relies on you using that as a mechanic to do the platforming. So to me, it, it was really cool because halfway through the level, it basically changed the rules on you. So it never really outstayed its welcome to me. And I'm not much of a platform fan, but so far, like four levels into it, each level has never really outstayed its welcome and has always had some interesting twist on it. And the it's writing's cool. great. Writing's awesome. Music's good too. A lot of variety there.
1: Cool. Definitely to check it out then.
0: It's, a, it's a definitely a Dodger stream game. You'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, yeah, I, think, I
2: was actually, yesterday when I was going to be doing my stream, it was between that and the game that I actually wound up playing. Which but was playing.
0: Detention...
2: Detention, yeah, no, Jesse. True. I think let's get, it's let's get the beginning of it. Yeah. I
1: did, uh, yeah, it was a fan Friday. Uh, detention straight up is a if you're looking for the style of what it is, it's just like it, it visually looks like Cat Lady, and it's a point and click horror game just like Cat Lady. So, if that's like okay. if you're looking for stuff that is super disturbing and a little weird, but also this game is about, uh, like. I mean, how would you
4: describe
2: it? It's set in Taiwan um, during, when it's like under military rule, um, while they're at war with China. So it's like a very restrictive sort of suffocating atmosphere um, for all of these kids. It takes place in a school and uh, yeah, it's- It's a a horror game. (laughs) You know, by the end of it, I was going, I don't think that I feel like that was a horror game. It was a very creepy game. Yeah, no, it's it, it's, it's a horror
1: game in the same way, like I said, that Cat Lady was, where it's not scary, but it's unsettling. I think it's the right word.
2: I kept waiting for it to turn into like a proper horror game where I was gonna be like terrified all the time. And it never it never really happened. Most um, things in the hallways are pretty terrifying. <laughs> I'm, not uh, a, I'm
1: not a fan of that shit.
2: <laughs> the game, like, has, uh, and again, not trying not to spoil anything. It took me like, I want to say like four and a half hours to beat it because I did. I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of like sitting there and not wanting to click stuff that I thought was going to give me a jump scare. <laughs> you know? I like, I spent lots of time just sort of uh, you know, stalling. But um, the game definitely has two sections. It has the section that's, like, that's, like, trying to be very much a, a like, scary, sort of unsettling game, and then a section that's very story heavy. And I thought, um, as a person who really loves, like, point-and-click story games, I thought that the game overall was fascinating. Uh, some of the people who were watching me were like, man, I really wish that the whole game had been like the first section, but I actually, I, w- I was kind of okay with it. Um, it. It felt a little strange that they, that there were some mechanics in the first section where they were like, okay, we're done with those. And now we're gonna like super focus on story now. But um, but overall, I think because it, it's like a shorter game, um, I was I was fine with that because it's so, it has so many like weird trippy elements to it that it sort of makes up for it i think i i loved it though
4: yeah it's
1: so. uh it's it's a game that um i think i just love the genre of like s- bizarre weird scary point and clicks like for some reason that's just a genre i can always get behind like
2: Yeah. When I was playing it, somebody said, this seems like a creepier rusty lake. And I was like, oh my God, that actually makes it a lot easier for me to play because that's exactly what it is. (laughs) It's like a rusty lake that's way more serious. That's way more like, like visceral and upsetting because it's like in real life, you know, sort of a situation. But like, yeah, I was going, oh fuck, it totally is. It's just, you have these puzzles that aren't particularly hard, um, but they're engaging and they're intriguing because they all funnel into the Into the story and like the imagery and
3: yeah yeah it's great it's weird to me that there are still adventure games out there that are like horror point and clicks or Mm -hmm. adventure games because I remember a game came out I think it was on the Amiga this would have been in the 90s called Dark Seed (laughs) oh I remember that yeah right which was based on a lot of the artwork was done by HR Giga oh yeah I did aliens and everything like that Uh, alien I should say and um. It was deeply creepy and weird, really weird. And um, I just like it. Just kind of, it was a big thing because it'd never really been anything quite like that before. Like a genuinely scary, kind of hideous, uh, creepy point-and-click. Because most of them were like
0: comedy, you know,
3: exactly. You know, there was stuff like Monkey Island and uh, and things yeah. like that. So it was there were like occasionally some, some Data Tentacle and 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 that and that kind of continued. And then they got into a whole. I want to say it was almost like kind of romantic novel style adventure games, which is kind of like, I don't know, they just felt kind of like like they'd been written by a 14-year-old or something. They were kind of like very sure. simple and basic. And then you also get stuff like this. Princess along. Maker and all that shit. Yeah. yeah and now it's like, okay, this is actually, now we're getting point-and-click adventures still. And I, I mean, I played this terrible game called Mobius, about two and a half years ago, which was a point and click adventure. I did. I honestly, at that point, I still didn't know people even made point and click adventures. I just, <laughs> they died. I thought, who plays these anymore? You missed out on so many great games. <laughs> I, I want the worst, the better. Mobius was terrible, terrible. And I want more that are terrible like that, but this sounds too good. There's yeah. one that
1: just came out that is very similar to Dark Seed. Uh, Help me out here, gang. It's, uh, it looks, it's the exact, I think you played this too, Dodger. Nah. Um, it's a point-and-click, and it has the exact same art style, and, uh... You're not thinking out. of Tormentum,
0: look- are you, which came out a couple of years ago?
1: No, 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 not Tormentum. Oh. Um, Hold on, let me... Oh, maybe I am thinking of Tormentum, yes. Tormentum. Possibly. Yes. Yeah, that, that came
0: out oh, a few yeah, years ago. Oh, yeah, this is
2: very yeah. Tormentum-looking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's just stuff like that, and of course, like if you go back, the, there was that subgenre of horror point-and-click, uh, Phantasmagoria, Have-No-Mouth-I-Must-Scream, uh, stuff you know, like I that.
1: Have-No-Mouth-I-Must-Scream is a great game.
0: To some extent, The Seventh Guest, although it's that very because- cheesy.
2: The, sometimes the warnings freak me out on those games when it's like this game has extreme extremely violence. disturbing. Like,
0: the, there was some the really crazy and- shit in a lot of those, no doubt about it. It's a, it's interesting, yeah. I mean, point and click was probably like distilled down to its essence with a lot of hidden object games uh, on mobile that were aimed at a very different market, you know. Uh, and that the, there's still quite a few point and clicks that are made, no doubt. But yeah, they've they have been distilled away from their traditional essence in many ways, and stuff like. Detention takes elements of that and uh, throws it around and remixes it and creates a different experience. That's I would kinda, like that's to see more
3: good point and click adventures, developers who may be watching this. Make me a good point and click adventure, please. Um, it's not I f-
2: spooky. I feel uh, like Jesse and I could put together a list for you. Yeah. Holy
0: shit. Yeah. There's been quite a few. There's
2: so, there's so many that are really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, uh, we have a little, just a few more minutes before we go to break. Is if anyone desperately wants to fit another game in there i
3: wouldn't mind just mentioning one which is a, it's, an, it's an early access game on steam and we were talking about tactical and strategy games earlier battle brothers it's called okay it is a one-man dev team very simple uh sort of setup it's rem- it reminded me of mount and blade in that you have a mercenary band and you wander around a map with ter- the 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 fighting is all hex based turn based and a lot of sort of there's a quite a bit of RNG in it, which is kind of annoying. But you basically equip your dudes, you do quests and stuff like that. It's it's quite basic at the moment. But Battle Brothers, I I've enjoying it. I've been enjoying it a lot, and I I do recommend that. Cool. Oh yeah. I'll
0: have a look at that.
3: It's brutal brutally hard your little dudes when they get hit they go and they get like a broken nose and a bit of blood and their oh, armor wow. gets all mashed up and stuff okay I like the art style. It looks cool. it's cool you can sick a dog on people in that game like okay. that's <laughs> my kind of game <laughs> the dog goes Argh! and runs across the map like it's just a hex just a fixed sprite just runs across and bites their arches that's perfect good.
0: i played a uh, little of the halo wars 2 beta not too much of it uh the p on pc there's only one mode available it's called blitz which is their sort of simple version. Some people compare that to Clash Royale as well. It does have, like, some mechanics. Basically, you you do the deck building thing and the unit upgrading thing that's in Clash Royale, which I fucking hate. But you have full RTS control over everything. So they made a, a full real-time strategy game, but there's no buildings, you just summon your units using the cards and your energy builds up over time. You can run around the map and capture energy drops that will increase your energy regen rate. And the whole point is to get 200 points by capturing two of the three capture points and holding it. Mm. it. I think it could be decent. Like, it's a nice little sort of mid-ground between a game like Clash Royale and a full real-time strategy. I could see some people enjoying it. I mean, obviously, I'd prefer something more complex than that, I think, if I was playing on PC but I can see the fun value of it. I imagine it's going to end up being a buy packs bullshit thing, which inside a full pay-for game is pretty damn suspect, if that's how it ends up going. It isn't in the beta. You can't buy packs in the beta yet, but if you can buy it in the full version, I may very well call bullshit on that. It's the same as, like, Ultimate Team in FIFA and stuff like that, where it's a full-price game, but you have a mode that's... I don't know if I'd go as far as to say pay to win, but where you have to pay even more. Which to me, for stuff that's not cosmetic, is not okay at all. That's not all okay. So I don't I don't know how, how they're gonna go with that. Hopefully they just set it up so you can't buy the packs and you have to earn them through play. In which case that's okay, I suppose. What I Good prefer- Good luck
3: with that. Good luck with that. They
0: probably won't. They'll probably charge for them and that will be shit. Um, it's a shame because the mode is a bit fun. It needs work on pc though because the key rebinding menu doesn't work at all so i couldn't use control groups and there was no attack move command which meant controlling shit was really weird and the ai was terrible so they've got to definitely do some work on it let me put it that way mm-hmm. uh, i can i can certainly see the appeal of that mode but i would not in any way surprise me if they turn it into a freemium cash cow which in a full price game is fucking bullshit
2: um as a as another like just momentary side note before we go to break again, uh, the antihero beta is available on itch.io.
0: Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot when I played it at PAX. Mm-hmm. Nice little Me one versus too. one. I,
2: I played it a couple of times at different conventions, and I'm like, this game is so fun. So nice. yeah, you can you can play the beta now. Um, and if you if you pay to get into the beta, then when it releases on Steam, you'll automatically get a copy of the Steam version. So okay.
0: That sounds good. Yeah, Antihero is really fun. We're sort of one versus one digital board game slash tactics game involving thieving and using orphans to take over buildings. It, it's a very it's sort of...
1: exactly what it is.
0: Very Victorian <laughs> by Gaslight kind of thing. It's yeah. it's it's very enjoyable. Nice nice little game. Great art style as well. All right, let's go a break. When we come back, we're going to deal with a few little news topics and then look over the releases that are coming your way over the next week. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. What a wonderful song by Miracle of Sound by the name of uh, Mm. I Am Pudge. (laughs) Ideal. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Indeed, I would say so. Very relevant. All right, let's get on to a little bit of news. There is uh, a few sort of minor topics and uh, one that's a bit more debatable, I guess. Uh, The first thing being that the Banner Saga 3 Kickstarter has been launched. So that's Mm. the you know third part of the banner saga trilogy let me
1: just let me just say uh yo kickstart this shit because the first two are great
0: they are was it was number two kickstarted as well have they all been i know the first one was
2: the first one was the second one wasn't i don't think the second one was yeah no
0: that's interesting uh i mean i backed the first one and i'm pretty happy that i did honestly it turned out to be a great game this was—I mean—this was one of the projects that was back in the heyday of Kickstarter, where nobody could do any wrong because we hadn't, we hadn't had a disappointment 17.
4: yet. Yeah, yeah. The light yet.
0: yeah, we hadn't had a disappointment. To be fair, Banner Saga was not one of them. Or some people did definitely say, "Hey, that that one ended a bit abruptly as well." Although, thankfully, there was a Banner Saga two, and now it looks like there's going to be a number three.
1: They've always, as far as I'm aware, said it was going to be a trilogy. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like that when you walked out of the first Lord of the Rings movie and you were like, well, that ended abruptly. It's because, well, there's two more, right?
0: And so- Let let me tell the- I've got to tell the quick Lord of the Rings story because you've now brought that up. I'm sorry. It's got to be done. Let let me tell you the story of Geordie of the Rings right here. When I went to see Lord of the Rings, which was ages and ages ago, God knows, how oh, well, I was it just a teenager still? Good God. It was actually sure that long ago. That's very depressing. But yeah, when, when does we all our entire family went to see it, which is rare because getting my dad into a cinema is like uh once in basically it might it might as well be every time Haley's Comet passes, he might go to the cinema once. I think we've got him into three movies over the past twenty-five years. But one way or the other, he went to see that with us. And you know, it was great. Of course. I'd already, I'd read the trilogy and listened to the trilogy far before that, so we all knew what it was. But we're walking out of the cinema at the Metro Centre in Gateshead, the cl- the wonderful, wonderful place everyone in the UK knows about that. And I uh, hear behind me in this wonderful broad, Geordie accent, uh, this uh, uh, girl from Newcastle is like, "We, it was good, like, but I thought there were, I, I wanted to see him throw the ring in the fire." <laughs> I was like. And actually, this is perfect. This is the best. That's the most Geordie thing could have ever said in this situation. I can't even be mad at you for that. That's great. I
3: mean, there are a lot of people who did, I don't think, even realized it was a series of books or a, I mean, collections. Possibly not. Yeah. Like, I I was in the theater to see the third one with my friend, uh, JP, and a girl next to us, uh, like, sorry, the second one, um, and. She, she, she just couldn't believe it. it's like she she just she was just like well what, what happens now like similar kind of thing they didn't understand that there was more because they they end on such a bum note those other two movies and then the third one is when you finally get the payoff but right. when i saw the first one and spoil i'm not going to spoiler alert this you should know by now when gandalf so. dies yeah. right there was a girl next to me in tears. Like, she couldn't believe it. She was Aww. like, oh, I can't believe it. He was my favorite character. I don't have to leave it. I wish say, I could be oh, that he'll be person. He'll be back before you know it. And he's yeah, like, even him better him. than ever. Just You'll chill. You'll see him in the trailer. It'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> she, <laughs> was, like, <laughs> she was like, devastated. She's like, oh my God, they killed
0: But <laughs> oh, That's so <laughs> you good. That's... You got
3: attached. You can't be attached. You've only known about him for a couple
0: <laughs> that's of That's enviable.
1: Meanwhile, meanwhile, poor Sean Bean dies moments later. <laughs> She's, <laughs> She's
4: like, hey, like, guy."
0: that's yeah, one a that's game. a wonderfully enviable position to be in like if Absolutely. i could have gone into the lord of the rings blind like that that would have been amazing there are definitely times when i wish i didn't know this stuff mm-hmm. and it was great.
3: i mean i thought it was a great show even now i mean i tried getting my kids to watch it they're a little too young like seven and five so they're still a a little bit scared of the ring rates which is fair enough that's legit and then also they're just kind of like it's quite an epic tale. And when I'm like, yeah. all right, kids, settle in. We're here for the next like ten hours because it's <laughs> yeah.
4: baby
3: girls all the way. They're just like, eh. Like they've I've tried getting to watch the original Star Wars trilogy and they're sort of meh on it. But the new one, they love Force Awakens because it's a bit more modern and a bit flashy. But
0: I've, I've got it. Th- a- I think you, you get into the age where Lord of the Rings is appropriate. I think for for yeah. me, I think I read it when I was eight or nine. Uh, before that, I had The Hobbit read to me by my parents, I know that, um, and they I had a graphic novel version of The Hobbit, and then obviously I eventually read the the proper one. But yeah, I mean, it will scare them. I'll tell you what did, uh, what scared me, I heard the audio drama, the BBC audio drama I think I was 10. That is fucking terrifying. It's unabridged, and the, the fucking, uh, you know, the Swamp of the Dead and uh, the bit with Shelob, that's all absolutely terrifying It's a scary bit, yeah yeah it's very very sc- scary. i wouldn't i wouldn't listen to it again for years like i viewed lord of the rings as just scary as fuck like yeah that's uh, anyway i don't know how we got into this but uh back to banner saga so just <laughs> to confirm banner saga yeah. 2 was not put on kickstarter now right. one of the re- reasons they're giving for putting banner saga 3 on kickstarter is that banner saga 2 wasn't it i mean it didn't sell very well and didn't really get a lot of attention. And that's a very interesting idea because rather than just being a way to get money, which is obviously, a, you know, Kickstarter's a good way to get money, it's also a way to get publicity. If you're a big Kickstarter yeah. success, that puts you in the mind of a lot of people. And I, I never really looked at it quite that way before, that Kickstarter games can often get a lot more prominence because Kickstarter is also a discovery platform, not just a funding platform.
1: There, uh, yeah. The
3: perfect example of this is in chat when you said... Mm-hmm. Banner Saga Two. People were like, "There was there a, a Banner Saga I- 2. Honest, yeah, thinking, I-, I have Banner Saga One, and I was exactly that way. I was thinking, I don't want to say anything because I look like an idiot. Because I'm sure <laughs> everybody knows about Banner Saga Two, but I honestly, I didn't even know there'd been a second one. Like, that skipped me. And it's I, I really, love strategy. Games. Really good. It's really good. It is. And this is one of those things that <clears throat> the
1: they 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 set it up as a trilogy. And I think just because the first one was so heavily publicized and when it came out you had all those backers they were like oh well we had the success of the first one so all those people will be like okay we'll come back but if anything it
2: proves that you are nothing without publicity yeah yeah they like kickstarter also doubled as that right like mm-hmm. it got the word out and it so a lot did. Of people just didn't know the second one existed
0: yeah i think that was that was very important because banner saga one was a big kickstarter success and it got there was a lot of writing about it as a result a lot of publicity a lot of youtube videos you know i we talked about it a lot on the podcast but so we got that visibility and it's really interesting to see that kickstarter actually does result in that as well and they went down the funding it themselves route and not only does that obviously cost them money but it also put them in a situation where the game didn't sell anywhere near as many and people didn't even know it existed yeah. So going back to the well, I suppose, is logical for them.
3: But so, can you? If you've had a game that's been a success, can you go back to Kickstarter and say, hey, guys, we want to make another
0: one. Uh, I we're going to get you
3: again. I don't know. I think it would be tricky. If, if there are some examples do, of it yeah, working. Yeah.
0: There, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you a few examples of it working. Uh, outside of video games, it, this happens a lot with board games. There's a company called Cool Mini or Not that made a game called Zombicide. Mm -hmm. And they basically go back to Kickstarter every single time for their new games and new expansions, and every time they overfund hugely. And they're very successful. The thing is, that's because they have a reputation that everything they do is good. So people, uh, they trust them. That that element of uncertainty that is in Kickstarter disappears when you're dealing with a company like that because they've been reliable and they now have a pedigree. And uh,
3: If it's like that, though, it's not really like a Kickstarter... It's more like a sort of pre-ordering system. Once yeah. you've had a success, it becomes yeah. more like a commitment and a pre-order with the combined sort of PR you get from a mm-hmm. Kickstarter campaign. Totally. So, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's some people think that Kickstarter should only be used if it's a, like as an absolute last resort. There's no other way to get funding. Obviously, mm-hmm. some companies don't believe that, and really, it is up to you as to whether or not you fund it. Uh, an example within video games where this funding has worked out well. Uh Hairbrain Studios have kickstarted several games. Uh they're the folks behind Shadow Run. They're the folks behind the new BattleTech which so far is looking pretty good. Um Yeah, I saw some uh,
3: previous sort of stuff about that. I was I, I play, was I play the we Alpha. talking about upcoming games.
0: Is it good? Very good. Uh it, it's it's pretty much what I want out of it. Uh, spoiler
3: It's to the board game. Yeah, sinks and all the rest of it. And all oh like yeah, that. He, he's
0: a big deal, definitely. Uh, they put a lot of emphasis on line of sight. They put a lot of emphasis on using scout mechs to attain line of sight and stuff like that. Uh, scout ground, mechs move first.
3: forces like little tanks and Yes,
0: and yes, like there that. are. Um, they're also adding melee, which is really cool as well. Uh a full disclosure I did back that game for like 300 bucks cuz I wanted that cool bomber jacket and I got it and it was good. But they they <laughs> have co- they've gone back to the well a couple of times. They crowdfunded Shadowrun Hong Kong After Shadowrun Returns. They didn't get quite as many backers, but uh, Shadowrun Returns got 36,000 backers. Hong Kong got 31,000. Wow. And they and Hong Kong is I believe viewed by most people to be the best of the three Shadowrun games they made. And it sold well too. So they've been successful using Kickstarter multiple times and going back to the well.
3: I think, you know, a lot of it, especially when you're talking about board games and kind of niche games like strategy games and tactics games, there's something like Banner Saga, which is really kind of, you know, it's it's not a game that has like broad appeal the way a lot of other games like, say, Overwatch or whatever, obviously do. So I think maybe Kickstarter, people understand, I really want these kind of games to succeed because there's not enough of them. Like if you came in there with a big grand plan for some fancy sort of Overwatch beating game or something in that genre, you'd think, I don't know, man. Like, you know, in order to do that, you're going to need so much money and all the rest yeah. of it. And it, would, it. Something like Star Citizen, for example, would be like one of the the outliers for that because they've come along with this huge grand vision and have acquired all they've this money. They've raised
0: over $100 million. That. Like it's, 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 it's insane. yeah, it's, it's unique. There's no other game that's been quite like that in terms yeah. of how it's been funded and is being developed. Very strange
3: people are buying into the idea that the, the genre of game that they love that they feel is underrepresented might actually get a big game that's going to be sculpted by them they can beta test it they get all this access they mm-hmm. get to talk to the developers it's good you know you there's going to be back and forth and you're going to get it just right and it's really interesting because you're not hoping for one person to have some creative vision like a movie or a book or something and you're going to enjoy it you're hoping that you're part of creating something that's going to fulfill hours of your time playing this game for for years to come. That's what people are hoping. So yeah, it gets interesting the way people will back something more than once, even if the first one was a success, they'll be happy to come back again.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I wouldn't mind going, I wouldn't mind funding it. I think it's a reasonable bet. They have a pedigree. Both the previous games were good and their reasoning for going back to that well is, is a good one. I don't, I don't think there's a, there's no hard and fast rule that says you can only kickstart your first game and then everything after that has to be funded by the profits from the one that you just did. Right. If you do that, sure, I respect that, fine. But you don't have to. Ultimately, it's consumer choice. If they want to buy into a Kickstarter, that's up to them. And be on their head, be it.
2: Yeah. And also, I mean, anybody who would have a problem with that, they obviously did that with Banner Saga too, and it didn't sell as well.
0: No, it didn't get so, anywhere near as much publicity. And yeah. people didn't care about it, even though it was, from what I've played a bit, I haven't finished Banner Saga 2 yet, but in every way, Banner Saga 2 is superior it's to the original.
1: Better than the first one, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, But no, but nobody fucking paid any attention to it, so...
1: I, look, they, they already got my money because I played two of these damn games and I need my conclusions. So <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in on this story adventure. It's good. It's a good story,
3: so... Make it I'd,
0: I'd, I'd have to see if they've got a good reward. I only kickstart video games these days on the basis of a good physical reward a bomber jacket. It's a fuck it has a literal <laughs> c- contract woven into the inside God. of the jacket sorry, lining. fucking episode <laughs> that specifically says that it gives specific guidelines for ransom if I'm captured. God damn
3: it. A bomber jacket. I just want to say It's a fucking <laughs> you awesome paid bomber jacket for a video game and a bomber jacket.
0: It was I paid it for the bomber jacket. I don't give a fuck about the video game. The video <laughs> game's a bonus on top of that. That's- it is one hell of a bo- it's like I, I- I would have said I backed Wasteland 2 for the lunchbox, but that's not really true. I backed it for the NPC in the game that you could shoot in the face with a plasma rifle and kill, but yeah, it's- I, I only- I only back video games on the basis of physical rewards these days. It's just- there's, there's no other point otherwise. Uh, too many disappointments. <laughs> Fuck, I- I was- I was a backer of Starlight Inception. I've been burned. That was shit. I've never, <laughs> I'm have trying to no. think
3: of this, the games. I, I backed a game like two years ago that still hasn't come out, and I I follow them on Twitter. I'm not going to name shame them, but why? I backed them, and I was like, "Star Citizen?" Is what you're saying? No, no it star does Citizen? have star on it. Star Mesa is the name of the game.
0: Oh, interesting. And okay,
3: it looks like anything. I've seen some stuff about them releasing soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's meant to be out soon, but holy shit, it's been a long old time. I'll tell you what, I've been waiting on this thing for a long time. And, I mean,
2: uh, at least it's coming out. You're in a better position than a lot of people. Than who some people, yeah. <laughs> it's true.
0: just That's vanished true. with the money. That's true. Yeah. Can I just say this? For Star Citizen keeps coming up. Can I just interject on the Star Citizen thing? And I know there's a lot of cynicism regarding it because it, you know, the whole, oh, God, best game ever sort of thing is obviously unrealistic, and yeah, it could end up being a bit crap, but here's the thing. The comparisons to No Man's Sky are bullshit. You want to know why they're bullshit? Because No Man's Sky hid everything before launch and lied about a bunch of shit and then came out and ended up being shit. Star Citizen is the most transparent development I have ever seen of anything. There is so much info... I mean, one, you could go play it right now and you can see the exact state it's currently in, because you can just go and play the alpha, and... The amount of information they put out on a weekly basis, they make videos, they stream, their developer blogs are like five fucking pages long a day.
1: Emails every week from them.
0: There is no game in history that has been as transparent with their development and where they're going with it than Star Citizen has been. They, you can play it, they show it all the time, they are completely open with their process. So no, yeah, it might end up coming out and being shit, and the people that throw thousands of dollars at it, well, I think that's kind of foolish, but... You know, it's your money, you, you you do what you want with it. But I refuse to allow it to be compared to No Man's Sky. It's a it's the polar opposite situation of that. It's a stupid comparison. We know exactly what Star Citizen is right now at this very moment. Hmm. We do. It's all out there. <laughs> it's...
1: Yeah, but like, are the worlds procedurally generated? I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but like can I uh like make basic things that I need in order to keep playing the game?
0: I don't know, but that sounds a highly entertaining mechanic. Maybe we should uh you want to fly to a planet to get fuel to fly to another planet to get fuel to fly to another planet? That sounds like a great whoa, whoa, idea. Whoa, whoa. Let's that's, do that.
1: That's it. That's exactly the game we've been looking for. Perfect. I never
3: I never played No Man's Sky. The moment I heard all the bullshit about don't. it. Don't
0: was... it's a waste of your time. <laughs> don't yes. it's, it's shit do it. it's straight up bad uh, i no. look
3: forward to it like everybody else i mean I, the thing is I, I got elite i got the new elite game is it elite dangerous that's what yes. it's called right yeah and i bought a joystick which is up there on my shelf somewhere gathering dust and i just found it too complicated to even do simple shit like go from one space station to another so i was like this feels like i've taken a drive but in a car i've never driven before and i it's really complicated, and people are going to try and run me off the road. And it's very just—it's—it's it's too much. It's too much, so I just gave up on it. It's and a I'm very immersive Star sim. Star Citizen is going to be a bit more casual, perhaps. But I—I I mean, it seems like to, there's a few
0: different ways to play Star Citizen you know, with different elements to the gameplay. So I don't know. It's—I Do I I have to perform
3: I, like 30 buttons and get the ship just right. To, just get, to
0: no. Drink? But then again, some people yeah. love, I mean, I've got to be honest, when I did play Elite and I didn't play a lot of it, I mean, fuck, I played the original Elite on BBC of course. Micro. Of yeah. course, you know, I've still got my 5.25 inch floppy disk that has a cigarette burn on it with the original Elite. But then Elite.
3: you just to line up with the Oblong and that's it. Just that, did, 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 that was did.
0: now an impossible, fuck you, that was now an impossible, I crashed my ship constantly.
3: Hey, you got to you gotta get good at that.
0: I cheated to get a docking computer so that I could do that, it's not Ax. okay. But, w- but when I did play that, it, that was the best thing about Elite. The, the, that level of simulation was super immersive and playing it with the X-52 Hotas is, you know, especially in VR. Holy fuck. I can definitely see why. Pe- it's the same reason people like Euro Truck Simulator. You can say that Elite is not, it doesn't have a lot of content and that it's shallow. I get that. But to me, it's more about the experience of, you know, in this case, space trucking that people really like.
3: I just crashed a lot. That's all I'm saying. And I couldn't figure out the navigation. People were like, "No, you have to slow to half of this speed when you're going past this system." And you know, I just, I just couldn't get the hang of it. And I realized I'd have to sink hours into it, and I'd already got a serious addiction with DOTA, so I thought, "Do I want to do heroin and cocaine at the same time?" (laughs) Probably not. Myself to heroin. I'm thinking I'll just stick with the heroin. That's the way I went.
0: Indeed, and don't do, don't quoted. do drugs, kids. <laughs> 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 oh my! All right, well, uh, move moving uh, quickly on. There was
2: you used quickly instead of swiftly.
0: I did. I know. Variety is the spice of life, and all it of is. that. Uh, we so there's a bit more information about the the expand the first expansion for Battlefield One, which is the French expansion. They called it "They Shall Not Pass."
3: Which I think is the most ironic title they could possibly have come up with, but fair play. I played a bit of BF1. Who else played BF1? Yeah, I played BF1. I just want to point out that that
1: is r- nice with the irony bit there. That is, it is very ironic that that's uh. what they choose to use. Mm.
4: I just think it's funny.
3: The but it. it, it I, I enjoyed the first Battlefield. I didn't enjoy the fact that. I mean, I'm I'm a CS:GO player. When I play FPS, as I play a lot of CS:GO. Uh, and I, I used to play a lot of Overwatch. And I don't like the fact that a lot of the time in Battlefield, what looks and feels and has the ambiance of a kind of, oh my God, we're in World War One, this is terrifying. And then there's a guy strafing left to right and shooting you with a gun. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, you're taking me totally out of the moment. I shot the guy in the chest. With a bolt action rifle in any other World War II system ever played, Red Orchestra, and all the rest of them, that guy's dead. He falls over dead now. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go, pow, 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 because he's got some upgrade that gives him fancy armor. I, I, I didn't like that side of it. It was too arcadey.
0: For y- me. Yeah, it, seems like, it sounds like Verdun is your game if you're looking for something I like that. Play that. Not yeah. enough
3: players, but there is a new no. Red Orchestra game coming out. The guys that made Red Orchestra are making a Vietnam game.
0: Yeah, that the Rising Storm. 2 or 2 or something like that yeah, yeah. I'm actually yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the look of that what I've seen in the video so far has been good uh the guy made Insurgency is also making a World War 2 game I tried a little bit of that I think did they call it Darkest it's Darkest, Darkest Days hour. Darkest, Darkest hour, hour maybe yeah, yeah I played but, a little bit of the pre the that a yeah. yeah a multiplayer shooter basically they took Insurgency and kind of made a World War 2 version of Insurgency Insurgency by the way is a very good uh but reasonably realistic it strikes that nice balance it's a simcade yeah, yeah. game it strikes a nice balance between realistic and immersive military stuff and not being too hard like not needing 50 keys like armor or whatever yeah um, i mean it, I, 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 was I played good. a lot of
3: it we, we had an insurgency server when i streamed for a while and we get a bunch of viewers in and we basically we had our own server so we'd have it's good everyone, against everyone and it was great and it was it was a lot of fun and you die a lot but you respawn and there's quite a lot of action around taking the points and stuff but it's I mean, very I tense. Play, it is, it is very tense, and and you've got a variety of weapons, and they all actually have a use, and I, I think they, they did a fantastic job with Insurgency, a lot of fun. But I've started playing Squad.
0: Yeah, I've heard now, about that.
3: Which is, if you're looking for the balance between a game that's like casual like Insurgency or, or something like that, which is a bit too casual maybe for some people, but maybe they've tried Armor or a Milsim, and they're sort of like, Jesus, this is hard work. Squad is the game for you. It is a ton of fun, and it's got a, it's got things in it like squad spawn points which are a thing that mil sim normally looks down on because they're like no you have to spawn at the main base because uh how could you spawn out of a backpack but you're thinking like as a game balancing <laughs> feature come on it's just tedious to have to All Right, guys let's yeah. get in the trip for the 10th time you have to so- try the balance exactly and there's a, it, it there's leads a market to these for that fights it leads to these fights where you're like you know they've got a spawn point out there and they're just coming they're coming from the east they come from the west and it's it's fantastic squad is an amazing game it's in alpha build eight at the moment i think and every time that the developers are great and i love that game squad is a great game
0: yeah haven't played it yet incidentally the other game was called day of infamy Infamy sorry that's the one yeah that's currently in early access like I said what I played of it so far pretty good I I, it's good that we have this level of variety because you know you found something you didn't like about Battlefield 1 then you found another game that maybe did better there is a hardcore mode for Battlefield 1 of course where that wouldn't happen where things do do a lot more damage But going back onto the expansion for a second, it's, I mean, I say expansion, it's a fucking map pack, which I don't like it. I don't like first person shooters creating map packs. I think we've seen a prime example of why it's a bad idea with Battlefront because all of those really cool new modes and maps they've put in the game, nobody's fucking playing them. I can't get a battle station game on Battlefront, which is the only mode that I really enjoy because it's in a, it's in a piece of DLC, a map pack that nobody has. So there's not enough players. You're splitting the player base. I mean, with Battlefield, it's not so big a deal because they have a lot of players, sure. But eventually it'll get to the point where that is a big problem. So yep. I, map packs are stupid. Don't do map packs. But
3: Wasn't this like the thing that's the... you Were you saying Battlefront as in the Star Wars Battlefront game?
0: Yes, Star Wars Battlefront.
3: So you want to play those those maps and people just don't have it. They just key for the default yeah. games. The only, time, I, cheap package. The only time
0: you can ever play Battle Station mode is on a free-to-play, like uh, when they do a free weekend where they give everyone access to all the DLC. That's the only time there's ever a good queue for that mode. And honestly, that's the only good mode. The rest of the game's trash. Like, I, I don't like Battlefront at all, but that one mode is pretty cool. But I can't get a queue for it because most people thought after playing the game, I'm not going to buy DLC for this. I already hate it. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I don't fucking blame you. Anyway, yeah, so there's four maps. I mean, they, they look pretty, of course they do. It's, you know, it's DICE. They, they make gorgeous games. The French Army's involved in it. And, which they should have really been from the start, but, you know. They have a new game mode called Frontlines, which is supposedly a mix of Conquest and Rush. They've put a new behemoth into the game, which is this giant tank, the Char 2C, just like a super heavy tank thing. Uh, there's yep, a, new, there's a new assault gun thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I mean, you know, I don't care about behemoths. I think they were a bad mechanic in the first place. But, you know, they've added a couple of additional things into it. This is probably going to be a situation kind of like Battlefield 4 where I'm going to probably not pick it up again until they've released all of the DLC for it. Because we know there'll be at least four packs of it. And then just buy it all at once and play it then. Because then it'll feel like a complete game. You know, Battlefield 4, by the time the fourth uh, DLC had come out, was a far better game than it was earlier on.
1: I love Battlefield
2: 4. I'm not ashamed
1: to admit it.
0: It's really I, good. It's it's I, mean, it's, I still
2: good remember when that game came out and it I was weeks of Jesse being like, you know what I've played? Only yeah. Battlefield 4.
4: <laughs>
0: you could still go play it. It still has a big player base on PC. Like that and it's so good now. Like that Dice LA, the guys that got tasked with fixing it, did such a good job that Battlefield 4 is a fucking phenomenal shooter now. It's totally worth picking up. Absolutely excellent. Yeah, that's, that's been announced. And, oh, by the way, anyone looking for tactical stuff, SWAT 4 just got released on GOG. One of the Whoa, best, one of the yeah. best tactical single-player shooters ever, SWAT 4. If you're looking for a kind of Rainbow Six single-player experience, SWAT 4 is about as close as you can get. So yeah. that's finally come out on GOG, so that's a big deal. Go and have a look at that. Cool. Uh, I mean, I think outside of that, there's not a huge amount of news. There's been obviously a drip, drip, drip feed of more Switch information. What what was that Jesse?
1: Resident Evil.
0: Well, I mean that's not news, it's out. We know it that. Is
4: news.
1: It is news cuz it is the best one in fucking years. A lot of people <laughs> have
0: said that. All right, like, Oh my god. Yeah, come on, t- come on. T- tell me tell me why why is why, why is Resident Evil 7. Uh, okay,
1: good? so one thing first off it's first person now. So it's yes, totally it is. different in that. But it is imagine taking the same insane things that happen in other resident evils and putting in first person so uh, the best example is there is a room with a shotgun on a pedestal if you remove it like a door closes behind you and so you have to solve the puzzle of the shotgun which is like a weird thing to have in a survival horror game in general but it's a resident evil staple and so you're well resident evil
0: pretty much invented that type of survival horror which was survival horror with weapons very much right. so.
1: And, and so you are now playing Resident Evil first person, but just like Resident Evil 1, it's it's a contained sort of uh, environment, but it, it, it's so hard to describe. It's Resident Evil, but not Resident Evil. It's like, a, it's a Resident Evil game wrapped in the package of something totally different and unique and scary and, and bizarre and weird, but Sounds a lot like Resident Evil Four. Every time you do something, you're still playing. You still know you're playing Resident Evil. It's like, it's such. It, it, I I don't know that innovative is the word because clearly all of it's copied from other things. But in this space, in the Resident Evil space, it is a reinvigoration of the entire franchise. um I can't talk about much without spoiling a lot, but I will say that the first hour is a game changer. Like it's. Fucking bonkers, it is really next level, and uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It, it,
3: the last Resident Evil I played was I think Resident Evil Two on maybe the PS1 or the PS2. Will I be completely lost by the story in Resident Evil? No. Uh, here's 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 the thing I will
1: say uh, because this is the biggest question we had is like how do they how do the stories connect? And there is a connect, but this is definitely a. Like, I don't know that I would have called this Resident Evil 7. I would have called it, like, I think Resident Evil Biohazard with no number is the perfect name for this. Like, it, it's, it, I don't think it needed a number because it doesn't, it doesn't.
0: You feel it's it's series adjacent, sort of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Resident Evil 6, like, goes way off the reservation, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not like it takes place after that. It's a different, it's in the same world, 100% involved in what's going on but it's not you're not like chris redfield going through a old farmhouse there's something else really crazy going on here and um it is it is phenomenal it, it's really genuinely horrifying and like creepy and bizarre and weird and then at the same time you're still doing resident evil things in it which is like it, it it's they nailed it they 100 nailed it, it is it's
0: phenomenal. had phenomenal reviews and great reception from people so far i'll also say that um the p i i'm not i have no intention of playing it because i don't like horror but the pc version is really good capcom has been pretty much nailing it with pc stuff lately a lot of options very customizable runs very well great port it
3: so, looks scary it, it, is
0: i've scary. been told it is i've been told that it's very the scary last
3: scary game i played was outlast and that was outlast. That was so scary i had to stop playing frequently and i'm not yeah. sure and then and then it, it stopped being scary and started being just horrible instead sort of That's, oh my... yes 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 so the biggest
1: problem i have with outlast is that the first two hours of that game are horrifying and eventually you hit a point where you're like i just don't fucking care about your monster anymore and you just want to get past
3: him <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and, horror games all often that their they welcome
1: yeah this game gets because there's so many members of the family and because there's different things that like this game moves on from you having like there is no moment where you're like fuck I just don't want to deal with you anymore that doesn't happen in this game because it is so good at moving you from location to location to location to keeping you invested and keeping you going and it gives right. you that parent and stick moment where you're just like we got to keep doing this right. and it was it was it was so tough to play Essentially, we sat down to play it and played 10 hours of it in a row. We recorded Jeez. 10 hours because we just had to keep going because it's there's, because it also has the Resident Evil aspects of it where it's not just scary, but hard, right? Like it's a learning experience where you go into a boss fight and you're like, let's fucking do this. And you get killed one shot. You get like one shot, by you're like, how did that, why did that happen? what was the reason and so you're like okay now we have to learn what the fuck to do here Mm. you're learning and then when you beat it, it isn't like now this person is going to chase you through a hall and watch
3: and like keep you from doing shit there's none of that it's it's because that was my problem with alien isolation which i loved for like maybe two hours and then i found myself hiding in a cupboard for 10 minutes 10 full minutes while the alien just went around and around and i was like I'm just—I just don't want to die because I'll have to go back to the other save point. Like I, I've lost the, the will to go on beyond. Please don't make me do that again. I don't want to have to do right, the whole right. scene. And I think that's—that's that's when a horror game has lost you. Once you're just thinking, "Oh God, don't make me do that again." Like that—that I, that I think is the point in a horror game yeah. where you've, you've lost me as being scared, and so much is just bored. That, yeah, there yeah.
1: is—there is no. Um, the game is forgiving in that there are puzzles, right? And they don't expect you to be a genius and solve the puzzle while also being chased by the awful monster. The Puzzle exists in between the moments when something's after you. And so when something's after you, you're not like, oh God, I gotta figure this shit out too. And oh fuck, if I screw this up, I gotta go back two hours. Like that doesn't exist. So there's multiple puzzles and multiple weird things to figure out, but it's forgiving in that it's like, there are 15 safe spaces all around this damn place. And when you're close to one, you can save. Like, There's only a few moments of the game where, it was really, really frustrating, and it wasn't frustrating because it was a uh, like a difficult puzzle or a monster we couldn't defeat. It was frustrating because it's Resident Evil, where you're like, oh, if I just pop a few shots in this guy's head, he's dead. It's like, no, 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 this boss, when you blow his head off, something fucking else comes out of his head. So you got to right, hit right. someone that's, else. You're
0: that's like, very Resident Evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. It so, seems like it's, it's faithful, but it's sort of reinvented itself, which is absolutely. what Resident Evil 4 did, you know? And then it drug on. 5 wasn't as good as 4. 6 took all the wrong lessons from 4 and 5. But yeah. seven seems to be like, all right, let's 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 do that again. And then probably eight and nine will probably fuck it up and we'll end up with <laughs> do- Doom by the end of it. But you know, it is what it is. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that that seems to be working out for people. All right, we are rapidly running out of time. Let's get on to the, the releases. Season. Yes, indeed. Of course, one of them being Resident Evil 7. That's out today. That is available. You can get that on PC if you so desire. Uh, also, one that isn't for some reason on the list, which you mentioned anyway, Yakuza 0, which is most likely going to be kind of sadly ignored due to the fact that it released on the same day as Resident Evil. You shouldn't ignore that. You, the Yakuza games, I remember playing the first Yakuza game back on PlayStation 2, and it was the closest to playing a new Mao game. That I could, in fact, I'd say the first Yakuza was better than Shen Mao. Like, it took the concept of it, like the kind of open-worldy, explorey, lifestyle game, and combined it with like a proper combat system and a really cool theme. They've been making these games for ages. This one is PlayStation 4, runs at 60 FPS, very nice. And uh, people are raving about it, but it's probably going to fly under the radar. So just, just bear in mind that's out today. Cool. Cool. All right, let's move on to this list.
2: All right, January twenty fourth, aka today, we have Drifting Lands.
0: Drifting Lands, yes. Uh, so it's a it's a horizontal shooter with RPG and loot elements and stuff, um, which actually sounds like it might be pretty good. I yeah, remember, that's cool. There's been a, a, a like oh, there were some old school shooters that I really loved on PC: Raptor, Call of Shadows, and Star Gunner. And, those, and the reason I love those is because in between the levels, the money you spent, you could use upgrading your ship and it would be persistent. So you'd be mm-hmm. saving up for brand new, amazing weapons. This seems like it's doing the same thing without going even further than that with skills and RPG elements and stuff. Uh, this actually looks pretty neat.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cool. The next game is called Fetch, which looks adorable. It's like a little adventure game that looks precious if you look at the the art in it. Oh,
0: you play, yeah. oh, you play a dog? This dog better not fucking die. I will throw down if that happens. <laughs> it better not. It, lo- it looks like the kind of game where it wouldn't.
2: Mm.
0: There's a dragon. This this looks, you're right. This actually does look, f- the art style of this is wonderful.
2: Yeah, it looks adorable.
0: That Yeah, that's cool. All right.
2: Game after that is called Panty Party, which I get Fuck the feeling probably won't thing. be as adorable.
0: Literally, so this, is, you- this has playable, oh it's a, God. you play underwear in a battle game is what you do this you is
2: play as underwear. Oh
0: actual God. underwear this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life
1: AMA. or later oh <laughs> God.
4: just
0: oh no fuck off next That's a no. yeah. uh
2: next is called tiles and tails it's a free-to-play game it's
0: not a uh, block
2: fantasy puzzle adventure with rpg elements
0: whatever that, like that means uh oh Okay, it's it's one of the it's one of the sliding block puzzle things with RPG stuff thrown on it, um, which I mean I don't mind those when they're well put together. But there's never been one as good as Puzzle Quest. They make <laughs> them too simple these days. It, fucking original Puzzle Quest, best best one of these. They've never been topped.
2: The game after that is called Raygun Commando VR.
0: It seems uh, fairly self-explanatory, like, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it looks like a really basic on rails like, shooter around a sci-fi. Yeah. Gun.
0: Yeah. At least it's free. The ray gun,
2: I assume. Yeah. I got like one.
1: One of the screenshots is a bunch of like dudes in armor, and then a guy just in a shirt and pants walking by.
0: Sure. Why not? Next.
2: Next is called "Reptilians Must Die."
3: Okay, don't, don't bother looking that one up. That looks like ass. That looks okay. like absolute
0: ass. Oh my, oh my god. god.
3: Same with alpaca packet dash. I'm at these are all games that i would breeze over in the
0: store uh, oh my no goodness. we run into right. a lot of those in this show we we'll spend um, most of our time riffing oh, on them
2: well the next game is called enter vr
0: uh, uh is it, a what, crossbow
2: what, tower defense game
0: what huh what, where are you? Oh, yes. After okay. Oh, died, okay. All right. VR. All right. Sorry, I, I was confused by what Perian had said. I thought we'd go so past that. Yeah. All right.
3: Because Perian jumped ahead one. doesn't mean we're going. To. Pirion, so Perian is ruining the show. Like how good can it be it's a dollar? Oh my goodness.
0: This this looks neat though. The yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's tower defense and sort of shooting things, but I have to admit, like art style wise, this is quite cute. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it looks really cute.
0: All right, what we got?
2: Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil Seven, fast, of course. Yeah, Fast and curious.
0: Hey, What it's is a it?
3: No. It's a no. Is it's fast, it? Too curious. It's an online
0: local video game with funny and addictive gameplay. Yeah, but what is it? It's a fucking block fall thing, isn't it? Uh, um, I'm I'm skipping through the video trying to figure out what it is. Uh, <laughs> Great. It's. I think you're racing somebody to try and go down as quickly as possible. So it's like a, like reverse Tetris or something like that. I guess.
2: Um, Okay. Well, well skipping over Alpaca-Packadash. Yes. Okay,
0: we will yeah, skip over start. Alpaca-Dash. Just um,
2: a suggestion. Siege and Destroy is the next game. We
0: probably should have skipped over this one as well. Yeah. <laughs> this it was made in 1992. Like I mean, the idea is kind of neat. You control a massive cannon on another planet, and apparently you, you shoot like giant projectiles with it, but it looks like it was made in 1992. So that's never necessarily a good thing.
2: Yeah, the next game is called Swordlord.
0: Okay
3: um it's, it's,
0: it's a it's a hard move no oh for me uh yeah looking at this i mean it looks it looks like they're trying to made a i know i mean it might be a kind I of fun party it game fun. it's it yeah it seems like it's just a one versus one duel thing where you're swinging your sword around your head and trying to kill the other guy
1: only sing- here's the problem it's only single player
0: Really? Okay, yeah. that... Alright, that, then Great. that's a hard no, then. That, that. That's the sort of thing that I'd maybe put on when we were all drunk and just yes, play that's
2: that. Kind of game this is.
0: Yeah, but this, This no. Making that just single player, not a good idea. Alright.
2: Next is called Spirit Sphere.
0: Spirit Sphere... Ah, da, 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 da. Yo,
1: Spirit Sphere is like uh, Link's Awakening uh, Zelda, or uh-huh. uh, uh, you know... <coughs> but, it's a game where you fling a ball back and forth. It's actually really really fun. Oh, oh it's great. it's
0: Zelda crossed with Wind Jammers.
4: Yes, it's oh, super nice. fun.
0: That actually does look like it has some appeal, I have to admit.
4: Yeah. Okay. It, you
1: should definitely I recommend it. If you have uh friends and you want to jam balls at each other with like <laughs> Oh, I see. This is the game for you.
0: This actually looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I was initially put off by the aesthetic, but now I see it in motion. This actually does look pretty great. Yeah,
1: it's cool. Cool. God, there's
3: um, so many anime games on this list.
0: There really right. are. Uh,
3: Next is called My Pet Rock.
0: <sighs> Please tell me okay. it's not exactly what it sounds like. No, it's, it's not. A-
2: Power defense
0: space game. <laughs> oh my god, this description sounds like a, a list of buzzwords that were just put together for search ranking. My pet rock is a top-down planet defense with roguelite, bullet hell, and arcade elements. You are tasked with defending a rock against endless waves of miners and other hostile enemies.
1: With dark souls like elements.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like with RPG elements and VR and yeah, it's it's a sort of it's a it's a kind of defense game. And uh, I mean there's obviously a lot of those, so it's got pretty stiff competition.
2: Oh, man, this next game looks awesome, but apparently it's buggy as fuck so far. It's oh, early okay. access. It's called White and Lore
0: Dreamtime. Oh, okay. All right. Are you sure it
3: looks awesome? Because I yeah. looked at the same game you did. Are you yeah. 100% sure? It looks great. You play oh. a real animal.
0: You're, I, I a, can, you're a totem I'm a, animal. You play, you play like a walking, fighting bear. Like... How how does this not look potentially awesome to you, Pyrion? How cynical have you really? got over the years? Oh,
3: no. I can look tell at it. Away. I know exactly what it's going to be. Right it's
0: Mountain Mount Blade with bears. <laughs> how, how is that a <laughs> bad what thing? What are you talking
3: about? How is that Mountain Blade with bears? This looks, this I looks mean, like a of wings Bits
0: you know, of it right? look a bit like Mountain Blade. Bits of it. Kinda. It's
3: for, it's like, for furries.
0: It's you're for a badass birds. It's, fu- it's for furries. It's for furries. Some of the best games of all time have had animal antagonists. Don't don't dismiss a game just because it's got animals in it. It's
3: for furries. I've dismissed all the anime stuff, all the furry
0: oh stuff. Oh my god.
3: Oh god, then this list is going to be terrible. <laughs> Good.
0: Make him it suffer. So Make so this bad. man that's suffer. Something.
2: Okay, the next game is called Tracks of Triumph. Good old times.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, oh. There are several versions of this game, apparently
2: just only good old times it's the third game in
0: the series it it's a it's a top-down shooty game yeah uh basically it's just a top-down tank twin stick by the looks of it
2: cool uh the next game on january 25th we have heph h-e-p-h and no it's not about hugh hefner
3: that's a shame i really hoped it was
0: (laughs) You are alone. You have to get the ship home safely somehow. It seems like a third-person game with a bit of like resource gathering and crafting in it.
1: Yeah, uh, you're fighting on the ship and things in space too. Oh, all right.
0: It might. It might be okay. It looks very ambitious. I'll yeah. give it that.
3: Oh my god.
0: Okay, uh, next. I can't okay. wait to see what he's found that is making him react this way. All
3: right. This, yeah, but we Super wait Pixel we
2: Smash that. is the next game.
0: I mean, that, that's, just a, that's just a VR, <laughs> like, paddle game, basically. Yeah. Next.
2: Uh, Game after that is called uh, Ellipses.
0: Ellipses. Oh, that sounds like a puzzle game. No, it's not. It's a an avoid-em-up, a minimalistic avoid-em-up. So, in other words, you're just going through levels avoiding shit. Ah. Uh, it looks very, like, Geometry Wars-esque, only without all of the interesting parts of Geometry Wars in it.
2: Uh, The next game looks like it would be fun but it's also obviously using a buzzword (laughs) high noon revolver
0: very gungeon or like bro force aesthetic to this 2d Mm -hmm. shooter three layers of platforming collect gold obtain upgrades yeah i I just wonder like what a game like this is doing to distinguish itself from the million one other games that do exactly this right that's that's the question i have although you know sure it could potentially enjoyable but there's a lot of games that do this
2: um the next game is called Puzzle Wishes. Uh okay. it looks like it's supposed to be a fantasy oh. version of Honey Pop.
0: Yeah. It, yep, yeah, it's Yeah, it's a uh yeah, it's, it's a match 3-esque game with dating elements. I wonder how ironic it is with it though cuz Honey Pop knew what it was and I ha- right. I don't know if this game does know that. Yep, that's anime anime asses are available in this game, yep. Yep. Told uh, you I warned <laughs> you. We have seen worse. Trust life, me.
3: Man. Yeah. <laughs> we
0: come across like 10 terrible anime games every week, at least on this show.
3: Yeah, I stopped looking at most of the theme new releases for that very reason.
0: We do this so you don't have to. But this time around, <laughs> oh, you have to suffer along with us.
3: OK, I will. I will.
0: That is the um, price you pay.
2: January 26th, we have Gone with the Demon. First-person melee combat game where everybody's eyes are glowing red. Looks
3: looks like like a Half-Life 2 mod, if I'm honest. I mean, you're
0: probably right. But there are some very good Half-Life 2 mods that I'd be totally fine with, seeing as uh, standalone games. I I would kill for a new version of Science and Industry, which was a Half-Life 1 mod. That was amazing. This this looks like it could be kind of cool, uh, but it is early access and... First-person melee is a tricky thing to do right. Let me put it that way. It is just a single-player game, though, so eh, maybe doesn't seem too terrible. But it looks it looks very stiff at the moment. Let me put it that way. Guess
3: what's up next? What genre of game would you classify this as? An uh, anime
2: bullshit
3: game. Probably. <laughs> an bullshit if it has
0: the word "blossom" in it, it's probably it an anime it's bullshit, bullshit game. Corona
2: Blossom uh, Volume Three. the oh, great! Startling conclusion to, to the
0: series. Visual novel then, basically. Yes, absolutely. Yep. With nudity and anime boobs in it and everything. Yep, there's a lot of those. Go on! Oh, uh, come on, you can't still be interested in this genre. Like, this is not new. We've we've had these bullshit anime nudie games on Steam for like a year now. There's at least yeah, 300 looking, of the I'm fucking things. I'm looking for the
1: next Pop. I'm looking for the next one that's like-
0: Well, this ain't gonna be it. These are visual novels. These are boring. These well, I
1: know, but like, you know, boobies, TB. That's um,
0: those are an open supply on the internet. When it comes to supply and demand for boobs on the internet, there is an infinite supply.
4: Yes, next yes. Game. I can get
3: you boobs in two minutes if you want them. Okay. The it takes you two
0: minutes. Go. The next
3: good ones. Sorry, go.
0: <laughs> We're just making it horrible for you. Next.
2: The next game is called Felix Jumpman.
0: <laughs> yep. PewDiePie? I it's PewDiePie. Hope. I know that's
2: his
4: it, name right it's, it's a first
0: person platformer where you're jumping from asteroid to asteroid That looks a bit yep one man uh, strandette in space might want to work on the whole steam page thing but you know
2: the game after that is called days of war okay. um all of the screenshots look beautiful
0: oh yeah uh, yeah i saw the um a trailer for this a couple of weeks ago it uh 32 player online world war ii shooter um it did my,
3: my concern with it is like if you look at the animations for the weapons and stuff it looks pretty wank like i don't uh, know if that's early access but yeah some of them they're, definitely they're, do they're coming into a very tough market I mean, yeah there are several
0: games trying to do world world this right games. now yeah. yeah and you you are right like i just watched them uh, uh i think that was a mp44 using that and it's like that that is not a good muzzle flash effect they, they definitely yeah. need to work on that but hell you know if they have great gameplay it could fill in uh, a nice little niche that, but, you, but you're totally right, though. That it's very competitive. That uh, that genre right now has several entries in it. Mm.
2: The game after that is called Akihabara. It is a uh, music puzzle game.
0: Akihabara Feel the Rhythm, yes. Uh, fast-paced puzzles with rhythm games involved in it. Okay.
2: Yep. Um, imprint X is the next game. It Another is... puzzle game, it looks like.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, a button-based based puzzle game with 100 levels and buttons to press. Uh, with that kind of hacker theme to it
2: yeah uh the next game is called
3: a normal lost phone it looks- <laughs> Yeah, this actually looks interesting
0: okay like, tell me tell me why
3: um it's a i think it's a detective oh. story so the, the pitch is that you found a phone and i Someone guess else's it's phone. an adventure game you have to unlock it's like a mystery that you have to solve just using this phone and the information on it which it, it, that's an interesting pitch i like a, view. that's like kind of like it's her, her like-
0: story by the sounds of it
2: Oh, I was gonna say it's kind of like that game where you're locked up in a in a oh, what was the name oh, of that I was, game? I, was,
1: it, it, I think some of the mechanics are very similar to the uh Mr. Robot game as well, where you're gonna probably get messages from people and you're gonna be using parts of it to unlock more things. You don't have to interact.
4: yeah, cool.
2: but it, but Mr. Robot actually like like utilized your phone as though. Right, right, right. But I mean, it's kind of the same thing, like the story's be
1: driven that way. I love right. those kinds of things where it's like, I'm investigating and snooping at the same time.
0: They they actually have a, they have a word, for, uh, a, a definition for their genre. They call it a narrative investigation game, which actually, that's a good word uh, to describe yeah. stuff like her story mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I can see why that would be appealing. If it's well written and compelling, sure. Yeah. Alright.
2: Um, okay, this next one also looks like it might be cool. Heroes of Dire.
0: Heroes of- Heroes of Dire. We um, can't wait fire. for Heroes of Radiant so that I can get an advantage. Dark fantasy based- Did they just say MMO? Please tell me they didn't. <clears throat>
2: just massive multiplayer.
0: That- Massively multiplayer tactical role-playing. How mm-hmm. the hell does that work? Great, uh,
1: great. I don't know.
0: Live dungeon masters.
1: Great question
0: there's definitely some intriguing stuff in this. I have to admit, I have no idea how it works, but I am interested.
2: Oh yeah, this next one is uh another point and click hacking game.
0: <laughs> mainlining?
2: <laughs> yeah, mainlining.
0: There's a demo available for this as well. Yeah. Absolutely. You you have to bring a cyber criminal network to justice. I, I do love games with hacking as a theme, although I have to admit, I don't think there's ever been a better one than Uplink. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> that game is incredible. Uh, it, looks, it looks neat.
2: Yeah. Uh, the next one is called Formula Next. It is a racing game set in the future.
0: Would be expected. Is it a... Is it Wipeout style? I don't know. Um, just sort of skipping through it. It looks like it is a little bit. Uh, it definitely looks like they've got a lot of work to do with it. Do- but yeah, it's sort of a hover racing game. Incidentally, if you want a hover racing game, buy Redout. What the hell are you doing? Buy Redout. Redout is fucking amazing. Buy Redout. What's wrong with you? Jesus Christ, Redout is great.
2: Um, After that is Tech Wars Online 2, which I think we talked about a little bit today. Uh, um,
0: I don't recall us doing that. but uh, oh, Okay, never mind. Um, It's... Yeah, I think I think you were mistaken for BattleTech, and I don't blame you at all because it looks a lot like BattleTech. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. It's that's like a faster-paced looking version. But yeah, big it's mech fighting is pretty. MMO, interesting.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, but the thing is, the current definition of MMO seems to cover stuff like World of Tanks, which isn't massively multiplayer at all, but apparently people seem to put it in that genre now. Right. But yeah, if it is a game like that with mechs from a sort of isometric perspective i would actually be quite interested in that what i'm seeing of it looks like it might be right up my alley Mm. and hell if it is an actual mmo that's even more intriguing but (laughs) it probably isn't i imagine it's just lobby based all right cool
2: the next game is called kung fu ping pong
0: oh my it's
2: a table tennis game where you play
1: little aminals i'm not gonna lie i would play this because that's what i'd use vr for is ping pong
0: i'd vr is good for that yeah but there's also about five thousand ping pong games already available on vr yeah but
1: this one you fight monkeys so i mean that's pretty great
0: the the animation is a bit suspect i have to say (laughs) (laughs)
2: um the game after that is called tales of berseria this is for january 27th
0: this is this is a pretty major release because it's part of the tales series and we've 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 had we've had some of them on pc um you i think we talked about um whatever the one the i can't i can't remember the name they make increasingly complicated names like tales of or whatever now it's tales of berseria there are are a few tales games on pc but most of the ports are bad so my hope is that this one is good because i actually do like the tales games they're um, real-time action sort of rpg and generally that i love the aesthetic of them and the fighting's quite fun to do so i have seen that so far this is getting good reviews on console as to how good the PC version is, that's a different matter entirely. A lot of these Japanese developed games often have poor PC versions, so we'll see. We'll see what they come out with with that. <laughs>
4: Holy
1: fuck! What?
0: Yep, you what? got that. I
1: finally, I finally
2: found the greatest game ever!
0: It, I, I know which one you're looking at, but we, let's move on.
2: Um, Isolation is an indie horror game where you're trapped in a place with a plague.
0: Oh, so it's, it's, um, it's another Escape the Room game, by the sounds of it.
2: Uh, Then there's Outrageous Grounds, the maze.
0: Okay, which is... It's a virtual reality action adventure where you explore a maze and solve puzzles and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Next is my
2: Super Tower 2.
0: What's that? I don't know. Tower Defense. It
3: says so single-players classic strategy, classic tower, tower defense game. Yeah. think
0: well good luck it's got the that. word
3: tower in it good so, luck yeah. in
0: that genre there's too much competition there and let's be honest element td is the best td unless your name is defense grid and then you're the best td facts
2: <laughs> um the game after that is called echo lake
0: uh-huh uh
3: adventure kind of
0: yep it's, single yeah. player it's it's a
2: Puzzle kind of like echo based puzzle game looks, looks beautiful even a robot. on to the next game Oh yep. my God! Do you like to talk about bloody boobs,
0: Jesse? Yeah, can we just bloody get this boobs! over with? Over with, so that we can move on. Yeah.
1: Imagine, <laughs> imagine that
0: you. I hate even giving a publicity young, to this girl shit.
1: With a tasty body, and it can mean only one thing: you're perfect for dot dot dot.
0: Jesus Christ! Human
1: sacrifice for an ancient god. We're this gonna get case- kicked
0: off, st- off Twitch even for showing this.
1: <laughs> this game is multiplayer. Jesus multiplayer. Christ. I need to play this with as many people as possible to escape the Oh fuck me, this is the perfect game.
0: This is going to I I uh, I'm going to make a prediction that in the next few weeks this is not going to be allowed on Twitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs>
3: Hey, they put tiny little tape crosses over their nipples, what what, what could be wrong with it? You
0: want to know know why this is a game? One, because it gets shit tons of publicity from people on streams and shit that react to it. I mean, this is a very cynical game because it's, you know, and it's it's capitalizing on, the genre it's capitalizing on is played primarily by teenagers. So, Mm -hmm. of course, they, they said, they looked at the genre and said, oh, our demographic is teenagers, let's put all the things that teenagers like into one game. Boots, and human and just,
3: sacrifice,
0: yeah. Yes, the whole, just market the whole it, it like
1: whole that. You know, you know what teams are into.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh
4: my god. <laughs>
0: okay. I uh, mean, I, I've uh, got to well. give him credit for being so brazen about it. I, I'll uh, brazen. Yep. There you go. But it looks like absolute shit. It does. Let's be honest. All right. Next. Uh,
2: the next game is called D E D, but That's, we've covered it before. That thing,
0: yeah. That thing keeps getting delayed over and over again for some uh, reason.
2: The game after that is called War Cube.
0: War Cube. Uh. Interesting. Well,
2: interesting. Yeah.
0: It's, I'm just trying to figure out exactly what it is. um What like is you it? You just smash <laughs>
3: stuff. You're a cube. Yeah, and you fight. And you, you fight stuff. But uh, other cube it. people.
0: You, you capture them. outposts what? and find treasures. You can launch yourself with catapults. Uh, it's, there's some physics based stuff in it, by looks of it. Dynamic yeah. slow motion and speed ramping. It's similar to 300, but with cubes. Sold.
4: <laughs> that's all you
0: needed to say. It actually does look pretty neat. I uh, have to admit that. Uh
2: the game after that is called VR QB. It's a VR quarterback football game.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of those lots yeah. of little mini game things. There's a ton of like be the goalie games as well for football. They're
3: like tech demos yeah. for me.
0: It's yeah, a lot of that VR stuff is like especially on Vive anyway. The Oculus yeah, stuff's yeah. generally more complete, but a lot of this shit, yeah, it's just tech demos. It's um, not
3: worth me moving my computer down to the kitchen, which no. is the only space I've got big enough.
0: That's no, what I'm saying. No, <laughs> totally not. Next The next
2: game is called Candy Machine. It looks like it's one of those like puzzle um uh what am I trying to say? Like 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 make a factory work correctly sort of games.
0: Yeah. Sort of those procedural puzzle production line kind of things. That yeah. which are enjoyable for certain people. I mean and Factorio in particular is a fucking excellent game. But yeah. yeah. All right, sure.
2: Yeah, game after that is called Tyler Model 005. You play a little robot, it looks like.
0: Okay. 3D action platformer. It's quite pretty. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. From the 90... 90- oh, yeah. It's set in the 1950s. You can climb almost anything. Yeah, it's sort of a third-person platformer slash puzzle game. Oh, and you can fight insects in it for some reason. Yeah, it's early access. Doesn't look too shabby, i got to say. All right.
2: Next game is called 12 Sky 2 Classic. Uh, uh,
1: this is definitely some port of an Asian MMO. Yes. Because
2: if you're a fan of Wuxia, you will definitely love 12 Sky 2. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I have not. It, yeah, there's actually quite a few sort of Chinese and Asian MMOs um, that uh, that are very much like this. Uh, they're not bad, necessarily, but they, have, they often end up being very grindy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Don't know about that one
2: what uh this next one is cute it's just a trivia game called true or false too
0: yeah that's it's literally what it says next
2: yeah next is called ropes and dragons vr
0: okay a visual game for the whole family apparently you become a magician in a marvelous world take uh take a lot of objects and feed the charming dragon by his favorite candies again someone needs to proofread this shit jesus it, um, oh wow it actually almost looks like a vr version of cut the rope actually
2: oh yeah. interesting
0: at yeah, it, I think that's actually exactly what it is. All right.
2: Cool. Next is called Cavern of Time, although the the promotional image says the Cavern of Time.
0: Okay. RPG, adventure okay. game. Oh, dear. This trailer is not well recorded. Let me just put it that way. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay.
2: <laughs> the next game is called Strategos. Okay. Um, you're a legendary general of the ancient city of Minos, command the defenders of the temple, harnessing the power of specific battle formations. Oh, interesting.
0: Fairly abstract looking sort of puzzle strategy game, although I I, I like the commitment to theme. Oh, it's based on a board game, an ancient board game called Ah. uh, Tashkalar, apparently. So yeah, that would explain it. That's cool. All right
2: um this next game period gonna love
0: oh yes of course
2: it's called uh love ribbon it's yeah about two girls who fall in love
0: yeah it's sure. not even
2: not just two girls it's about two sisters, who yeah, fall in
4: love.
0: sisters. Oh, great so, in- so we're finally so we finally animated. got it to, in- to incest awesome mature
3: yeah mature Fucking i don't know let's find out i'll press continue no it's not appropriate next
0: next.
3: next next is called solatria Christ,
0: advent next. of
2: the dacrian empire <laughs>
0: That is a...
3: a lengthy title.
0: RPG-maker game. By looks of it. Next. Next is oh called Sakura Agent. Oh, it's another... It's a Sakura
2: game! Yay! Why are you so applauding that, that? They're, they're not not all shit. Sakura <laughs> fantasy. I've boycotted all Sakura games. They're all oh, just I stupid yeah, I visual novels. I think it's funny that they keep making them. Well, apparently
0: but, they keep selling, so... Yeah. I mean, there's no actual gameplay in them. It's a fucking <laughs> visual novel. Next. <laughs>
2: Um, next is called Wells. It comes
0: oh. out on the thirtieth. Okay. Uh, Steam. You play as Wells, a steampunk hero, ready to find an amazing variety of weapons, all with different. Ooh. Okay. We unique in design and functionality. All right. Where's the gameplay? Uh, is it a first person shooter? Oh no, it's a.
3: Wells is a platformer. For yeah.
0: It's a. It's a side scrolling shooter. I. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking at this and thinking I could barely distinguish what's in the foreground, the background, because the. Yeah the graphic styles very there's a lot of brown in it makes it really hard to see
2: um next up is Disgaea 2 for PC
0: Nate that that's finally coming out
2: yeah, yeah. um Disgaea have... is
0: fucking excellent incidentally if you want to sink 5000 hours into a tactics game
2: <laughs> yeah uh the game after that is called Hitbox it looks like it's just an arena multiplayer game where everything is boxmen boxmen
0: yeah it's Boxman. it's yeah, th- just a third-person sort of uh, arena shooter that just uses really basic graphics.
2: Yep, and then the last game is called Aquila Bird Flight Simulator.
0: You Aquila. Can a yeah, v- VR bird sim. Yeah, that's to be expected. All right, well, that pretty What's much it? yeah that wraps up all of the games that are coming out of the next week or so. There's a couple of interesting things in there. I don't know if holy, I want to get Disgaea again. I have invested so much time in the Disguise series. I don't know if I want to do that again. It's just too much. Mm. Too much. There you go, folks. That's our show for the week. Thank you very much for watching. Big thanks to our sponsor, Audible. Head over to audible.com slash cynical for your free audiobook. We gave you some recommendations early on in the show. Dodger, what is coming up in your channel this week? What's going on?
2: Um, I'm still working on some new show stuff, so when that starts coming out, please help me workshop it and make everything better. Um, in the meantime, there's just new news episodes, new Pareto Bites, which are like highlights of streams. Um, yeah, next stream is on Thursday. If you'd like to join me for that, I'm on twitch.tv slash dexterity bonus and on all the social medias, I'm at dexbonus. Thank
0: Wonderful, Mr. Perry and Flax. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Big thanks, thanks for, for the. Oh, of course. You know, we needed someone to talk about XCOM and Dota. You're pretty much the most ideal person to do both. <laughs> you know, a I love a it. bit of a crossover there. But I would like to know, what are you doing these days? I haven't seen many updates to your YouTube channel. Any plans for anything like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a lot more stuff this year. Um, should be stuff going out pretty much every day coming up soon. Um, I'm finally getting my stuff edited because that's the hardest part for me is getting the time to record it and stream edit it and everything. So... You should see more stuff going up on my channel over the next year. It's going to be a lot of gameplay stuff. Uh, I stream pretty much every day. I stream everything from Dota to Blood Bowl to XCOM, CSGO, and stuff like that. But I've got a RimWorld series coming out fairly soon, ah, which is a lot of fun. I do love RimWorld. Still I like it. it's the same thing, same framework, and it's different every time. I like that. So, yeah, more RimWorld will be coming up
0: soon. Eventually, I'll dive into that. I have a feeling it will suck me in in a big way when I it'll eventually get around go. to yeah, it. It's, it's a, a great I game. Eat- I need to leave some time. I'm still way too into XCOM to spend time on that, I think, at the moment. (laughs) Jesse, what's going up on the channel this week? Yo,
1: Resident Evil 7, and then Mm -hmm. I hear there's this crazy thing uh, called Pit People. Really? Really?
0: Man, are you playing co-op in that by any chance?
1: I think so. It's with this big YouTuber named Total Biscuit.
0: Really? Interesting. Uh, But I've heard it's not Terraria, though. So
1: uh, It could be. It could become that. You never know.
0: I'd rather play this than Terraria. I don't want to play Terraria. <laughs> Please stop asking me to play Terraria. I do want to b- play this, though, because I fucking love Pit People. I think that's really, yeah. really fun. Maybe it's not entertaining for you to watch. I certainly hope it is. But yeah, we, the, the response has been pretty good, so we want to do a few more episodes on it. We originally just recorded three, so we'll do a few more. I'll record it this time from my perspective. With the pro- We'll set up the proper audio this time, do it the, the proper way. The right uh,
1: way, the TB way, not, the, not yes. the Jesse way.
0: Yeah, the, the, we'll do it that way. And it'll, that'll be a little bit better. So we'll do a few more episodes of Pit People. We'll see where it goes. Like I say, I just I just love that game. I think it's very, very fun. I I don't know if it's good to watch, but I like playing it. So that, that's all that really matters to me at this point. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so for me this week, uh, I, it, we'll see if those, uh, I, I do stream uh reasonably regularly every now and again i've been streaming so the last few days uh quite a bit of xcom i will probably do a little bit more of that since that seems to be going down fairly well i've got a couple of games ready to do after hours on uh nefarious being one of them uh rise and shine being another so i want to put together a few videos like that i'm probably not going to touch resident evil honestly so don't ask for that you don't you don't want my opinion on that damn thing anyway again it's a horror game i'm not so interested in playing it But people coming, the biggest thing that is coming out is, of course, my voice pack, my announcer pack for StarCraft 2 releases today, I believe, in America and tomorrow, that being the 25th of January in Europe and Asian territories. It's already available if you happen to be in the SEA territory, Southeast Asia territory, as in Australia. It's been available since yesterday, so you can grab it there. But if you wish to do, you wish to grab that, that's ideal. I will be making a couple of videos to show you some of that voice pack and let you get a bit of a sample as to what's in it. But it works in almost everything, except for the regular single-player campaign. If you play co-op, it works in co-op. It works in unranked. It works in ranked. It works in 2v2, 4v4. And it will be available to purchase in StarCraft 2. So there you go. Congrats. Yes, finally got it. I can join the illustrious Pyrian Flax in one of the few YouTubers that's made an announcer pack for a video game.
3: <laughs> Technically, too. I made the Rick and Morty one as well. I helped too. So you did,
0: two. yeah. You were involved in that. It's a
3: lot of bloody work. Nobody knows. Yes. So they've been down that road. How I've I've, I've tried,
0: and I'm just like, oh God, this is too it's much. It is hard no.
3: work. It is hard work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going to be happening. And of course, Shoutcraft Kings, my tournament is Saturday, 28th. Of January starting at 8 a.m. Nice and early in the morning, Eastern. So come and check us out. We do that monthly King of the Hill. The prize pool has now increased. We've got more money on the line, more stakes, higher stakes, and our new bounty reward for knocking off a player who has a long winning streak. So it should be good. Myself and Jeff in Control Robinson will be commentating that. And we've got some great players coming your way, and currently Scarlet is defending the title of King, or in her case, Queen of the Hill, against all comers as in most of South Korea. So that should be a bit of a challenge for it. Cool. We're about done, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional podcast. If you missed any of the show and you're a subscriber to the Twitch channel, you can watch the thing right now. Or if not, you can wait till Thursday, where we'll be releasing on youtube.com slash cynicalbrit. We're done. Thanks to Perian Flax for being our guest today. Go to bed. It's late over there right now. Big thanks to <laughs> Jesse Dodger we and, two, of course.
3: three go yet, but we'll get it. Indeed.
0: Our sponsor, <laughs> Audible. Now I think I've got to go. I've got to go fix uh, Sam's compressor. By the sounds of it, that'll be. <laughs> it. All right, what did I get myself into? Thanks a lot for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>